Hi, I'm Tom Savini. You might know me as Sex Machine from Dusk Till Dawn. And you're listening, and I don't know why, to The Horror Returns. Greetings, victims. For those of you who delight in dread, who fantasize about fear, who glorify gore, welcome. You have found the place where the horror returns. Listeners beware. This podcast contains major plot spoilers and the foulest of language. Join us in celebrating the old and the new, the best and the worst in horror. This is the horror returns, and no, this is not Lance. All of a sudden, turning into a Mexican. This is me, Pedro Nunez, and I do have him here with me. Uh, both of the, my co-hosts, Lance and Philip. Uh, Brian is here as well. Um, and tonight, we have a very, very special once-a-year event, March Madness, here in the horror returns. Of course, this has been a tradition going back now about five years, I think. Um, uh, so joining us tonight is our annual panel of celebrity guests. So we want to thank everyone for joining. And Lance, why don't you um, why don't you introduce us to our guests here tonight? Yeah, you got it, man. Uh, Pedro, we appreciate you stepping up, dude. I, I was I was considering retiring. I'm getting very old, so <laughs> okay. I, I may have to retire, and, and you may have to take over. So uh, this getting is a good old, acid man. test. <laughs> So, uh, all right, so here, here's who we got, folks. Tonight we've got, uh, first up, from Percolated Media. You should know that name very well. That was our podcast spotlight last week. Uh, currently doing the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. In order, guys, or just randomly? In order. There you yeah. go, okay. So, Percolated Media, um, we've got uh, a double dose of talent. First, we've got Mr. Forunt. Mr. Four on Ten himself, uh, Garrett Collins, and uh, you, you, you all know and love Garrett Collins. Um, used to work with uh, uh, Nate Peterson uh, uh, on, a, on a few, uh, a few odds, mm-hmm. uh, Bob's and Bob bits and Bobs. Am I right, Garrett? Oh yeah, we worked with Nate years ago, <laughs> and then we uh, then we went to binge, and I took him with me there, and. Uh, now me and Matt are starting our own thing, and yeah, we're in the midst of Pirates now, and we just recorded the Superman 3 podcast for the Superman Retrospective, and that is going to be something to behold. That's a great podcast, so uh, so we're doing good things. All right. Did, did you have to edit out any mustaches when filming the <laughs> Superman podcast? <laughs> just uploaded it. Haven't started editing it yet, but just right. recording it. Just a lot of laughing, a lot of fun, and it's uh, it's been fun doing our thing over there. And we'll talk at the end what we're getting ready to launch here pretty soon too. Nice. So there's something else going on as well. I always get a kick out of Promoter GC. It always puts a smile on my face. So let's keep <laughs> it going. Well, I'm glad, we're glad you're joined by Matthew Goodrow. Matthew, you're uh, you're not new to this to this uh, game, are you? No, I'm a sucker for punishment, so that's why I'm back <laughs> once again. I think this is my third or fourth time, so I appreciate the invite as always. All right. Yeah, thanks for coming. Well, Matthew, which, which ones were you with us for? Well, you were with us for uh, Best Kill or Best uh, uh, what a Grindhouse film ever made? Well, which one were you yeah. with us for? So I was on for Grindhouse. I was on for Best Final Girl. 
and this makes my third appearance. So awesome. third time is a charm. All right. Well, you were it was was last year Grindhouse? I guess that was, huh? Yes. Yeah, yeah. everything kind yeah, of Yeah, I was on for that as well. We saw Don lose his shit about 30 times because he felt they didn't <laughs> qualify, which I'm looking forward to again this year, by the way. <laughs> All right, and then uh, and then we're also honored to be joined by a couple from the Super Network. We've got Bede Germain. You guys know him very well. But uh, Marcus Will Turner joins us as well. You'll know Marcus as the good writer yeah. over, at, uh, <laughs> over at Super Network. Would, would we get any arguments from, from you guys on that? Uh, definitely no, no uh, argument for me. Definitely no argument for me. <laughs> and, you know, I, I would I would never say that, but I do uh, enjoy the compliments. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Mark Marcus, what are you guys up to over there, man? Anything new coming out? Ooh. Uh. Well, we just um. At least it. I guess the super net. At least in terms of podcasts and stuff. Um. We just recorded our latest episode of the 2B Tuesdays podcast, so that should be dropping tomorrow. And in terms of reviews, uh, I know you got a few things you're working on at the moment, Marcus, but other than that, that's kind of sort of really a few things we've got coming up at the Super Network at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Always, always got a lot going on over there. Um, and 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 no sh no show would be complete without a Godfather, right? Wouldn't you guys agree? Every show, every gang as large as ours needs a Godfather. <laughs> so uh, of course we've got uh, we've got Don and Nelly. Don, I don't even want to guess what all you're involved in now. You you got like 17 podcasts going at any time. What do you what do you what are you pimping these days, man? Uh, yeah, well, uh, it's great to uh, be back once again, and uh, hopefully I will uh, shoot myself off uh, a little bit less than last year, but uh, I I've still got some uh, reservations left in the tank. But, <laughs> but yeah, um, so I've got a uh, bunch of stuff going on. Um, I mean, we'll discuss that at the very end with uh, the rest of everyone else, but uh, yeah, I've got, I've got uh, my irons in a, a few different fires, so to speak. Right. Well, dude, you, you do a lot for the for the community, man. Every every week, well, actually, two or three times every week, you. That's every weekday, you know, Lance. Yeah, every freaking weekday. Holy shit! Yeah, you 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 <laughs> post what everybody's up to out in the horror podcast community. So believe me, it's it it's greatly appreciated, dude. A lot of yeah. people notice it. Yeah, no problem. So, man. Uh, Always happy to help out. Yep they 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 call you the Don for a reason, you know. Mm -hmm. It's it, it's a literal table of contents every single week, which I appreciate. <laughs> right. Well, we had to have some street cred. We can't just have a bunch of you know podcasters that you know masturbate over movies every week here. So let's have an actual <laughs> filmmaker step up. Uh, it's filmmaker Gabriel Tice. What's going on, Gabriel? Thanks for joining. Thanks for having me on. Uh, wow, this was a, a big honor to be invited back on. I had such a good time last time and. Now I'm here for a tournament, so um, I'm going to be pretty ruthless. I'm going to be pretty cutthroat this time around, so be ready, guys. <laughs> All right. Yes, We're expect um, less. We're ready. Yeah, uh, but, you know, I, I am also a podcaster as well, and my show, Not That Bad, just did an episode on the infamous Stan Aykroyd movie, uh, Nothing But Trouble, which my co-host is a big fan of, and you can, hear, uh, you can hear my thoughts on that if you're curious about that film, but we're doing a big patreon special we're defending the entire leprechaun franchise for Ooh, anybody that nice. uh, so yes wants to check that out for for March nice, Madness. yes yes leprechaun back to the hood 
Classic, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry, I just Leprechaun in the hood, Leprechaun back to the hood. Those are like... That's no, like, Back uh, to the Hood is my all-time favorite in the franchise. Yeah. I love that movie. Oh, that's wow. one of the best duologies in horror history. <laughs> well, yeah, apparently Don agrees that a friend with weed is a friend indeed. So. Yeah, that's from part one. That's All right, so um, let's see. Who else do we have here? Oh, yeah, how could I forget? A guy that's been with us from the very start. Uh, it's the inimitable Jack Falvey IV. What's going on, movie freak? How you doing, huh? Glad to be here. Thanks for inviting. What's up at Binge, man? Uh, right now, rounding out some Last of Us commentaries. Uh, I think we got the last couple episodes of those coming up in the next few weeks. And then uh, we sort of revamped Movie Homework. That's now on its own feed. Um, and we've covered uh, Whiplash, Big Trouble in Little China, Get Carter, and this week we're doing Lost Highway. So we're kind of all over the map. Haven't really settled on a theme yet, just kind of doing some different stuff, you know? Uh, all right. Gotcha. So. A little bit of everything, literally. Uh, and last... Last but very not very not very certainly not least, um, you know him, you love him, you hear him every week. He's our resident movie expert because everybody knows Phil and I know absolutely fucking nothing when it comes to these movies. Um, I mean, I do know that that Dane DeHaan is a great actor, and Pet Cemetery remake is you know beyond reproach. But other than that, I don't know a whole <laughs> lot. But Brian. Brian Stitcher, you know him and love him. He's your expert, and uh, he joins the cast tonight. How's it going, Brian? It's going good. You started talking about an expert. I didn't know who you were talking about for a second, but <laughs> try not to disappoint anybody this time. Apologies to Don if I choose the wrong movie again from uh -huh. last year. Well, oh, no worries. Um, uh, you, I'll probably forgive you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Pedro, get us going, man. Okay, so here's how it works. So we start out with 33 films. Uh, oh, Garrett, let the man speak. Jeez. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> I got some mad flashbacks right there. I'm sorry. Um, so, so yeah, we're starting with 33 films for quote-unquote uh, greatest elevated horror film of all time. Uh, these were picked by our guest here and randomly distributed into a field of 32 uh, plus, plus a, I guess you would say a playing game. I guess I don't know. That's that's Lance's yearly fuck up right there, where there's one odd film just hanging out there. At uh, least he didn't fuck up like normal, and he put two films on there twice. <laughs> uh, I tried, I tried, but you stopped me both times. You helped me. Thanks, son. <laughs> so as the tournament goes on, uh, we will work our way towards uh, until we end up with a final battle and a single champion. And I think it's the eight voters we have this year, right? Um, and I will be kind of like the tiebreaker. Uh, they'll e each give their best argument in each round as to why the chosen film in each battle deserves to move forward. And at the end, we will have our champion. It's that simple. So, uh, Phil, get us started. Um, all right. So we'll start it out with the first little set of brackets here. Actually, our two that are hanging off the edge. Uh, <laughs> with Suspiria... <laughs> Uh, from 1977, original, and Suspiria 2018. Which is the better of the two, by the way? <laughs> oh, I don't get a vote, do you I? You don't get a vote, man. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right, Don, let the fun begin, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I'm going to say the original for this one. Um, I I appreciate the, or the remake. I, I think it's got some uh, attributes that are 
far more worthwhile than a lot of people give it credit for. But on the whole, I, I still prefer the original to this one. Um, the original is one of my top ten favorite films of all time. Uh, it's hard for me to top that one, so I'm going the original. All righty. Uh, let's go with Bead. Well, that... <clears throat> I guess this is a kind of a hard pick because I think both films are great, but I, I am partial more to the original Suspiria. But I think in terms of which of the two classifies more under the elevated horror banner, I may have to go with the 2018 remake because I think that's kind of more the like, yeah, it fits more of the term of elevated horror than the original does. OK, OK, look at that. I got a good start. Gabe, what do you think? Yeah, well, I think the remake is perfectly respectable. It hasn't dethroned or even rivaled the original anyway in sort of that pop culture, like, impact sort of way. I mean, Suspiria, the original, is still one of the most iconic-looking horror films. It has one of the most iconic soundtracks. And I just don't think you can um, say that uh, the remake accomplished as much. So I'm going to go with the original. Okay. Makes sense. Uh, Jack. Um, I'm going with the remake here. We're talking elevated horror. This is not a giallo bracket. This is not a 70s horror bracket. This is an elevated horror bracket. So, yeah, only one of those movies is elevated horror. It's the remake. Okay. Good argument. Marcus. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have to go with the remake as well. Uh, to kind of restate what, uh, Jack was saying. Uh, the original is a classic. It's uh, pretty much well known as most of these films are, but it's. Uh, I, I would always consider that to be more of an artistic uh, horror film, whereas you know, kind of what you see is what you get. But if we're talking, you know, deep rooted, elevated horror, 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 <laughs> <laughs> then uh, yeah, I definitely got to go with the remake. It's extremely psychological it's uh, it's also a bit uh, artistic as well but just not full-fledged it's a it's a it's a it's a deep film so i gotta go with that one all right nice garrett before i get my answer is anyone else on this call offended by the term elevated horror yes or is it just me yes definition i want a definition everybody's got a very very pretentious term (laughs) elevated very pretentious yeah very pretentious pretentious. what (laughs) gary collins what is in your opinion (laughs) elevated horror tell us elevated horror to me is a term made up by people who don't want to admit they like horror films that's right thank you very Ah, much they used to be called they used to be called psychological thrillers back in the day Um, supernatural thrillers so yeah, I'm gonna take elevated. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna take hey. elevated out of oh, this equation, good. and I'm just gonna go with my favorite horror films of this set. And uh, Suspiria, I think the original really outdoes the remake. The remake is good on its own, and f- as far as you know, the themes that it sets up and things, it's different in its own way. But I'm gonna go with uh, the original, just because it really, really made uh, it, it. It was something different at a time when horror really needed it. So, okay. all right. The original. Are we tied up right now? We got, yeah, three original. <laughs> Uh-oh. All right, cool. This could be fun. Uh, Matt, what do you think? I'm the opposite of Garrett, which is shocking to a lot of people. <laughs> 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 uh, I'm going with the remake. I think the remake does 
what I champion all remakes should do, which is take existing source material and put a new string, bring, put a new stamp on it. And I am not an Argento fan outside of Deep Red. I find a lot of his stuff, particularly with his utilization of Dream Logic, to ironically put me to sleep. And there's not a lot for me to grasp onto. And I would rather listen to the sounds of Traffic than another Goblin soundtrack in my life. So I'm going with the Suspiria. Oh, come on! <laughs> you know what? I just have a fight. This I recently in the name only. We might have a fight. I know. <laughs> I recently was able to watch um, Goblin perform live with uh, Suspiria in the background, which was pretty cool to see. Oh. So, um, yeah, that was, awesome. that was, yeah, for sure. Okay. Now, the uh, Suspiria remake does have the Tom York soundtrack, so I did want to throw that in there. It's now, yes. obviously, the Suspiria remake has a lot going for it. So, no uh, diss on the Suspiria remake. Brian, do we need a tiebreaker? We might because I'm gonna have to dis- disagree with Matthew, man. Give me Goblin all day. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Yeah, bringing up the soundtrack on the remake is actually a point against it instead of a point for it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that, yep, that puts it at a, at a tie. I think Pedro's Pedro? already got a just. Oh in. shit! Here we go. Okay. <laughs> So, Go ahead and start making some enemies now, Pedro. Well, well, the, here's the thing. Suspiria looks beautiful, right? It's an experience when you're watching Suspiria 77. There's no doubt about it. Um, certainly, Goblin helps a lot. Uh, Suspiria from 2018 has more story to it, right? It's, at a, it's, it's deeper than... It really has any right, to be honestly, with the story they were working with. Um... So I'm going to go as far as like what we're trying to figure out here. I'm going to go with Suspiria 2018, although I love Suspiria 77. But Suspiria 2018 is what we're talking about here today. And that's the one that's going to take it for me. I didn't think it had a chance, but that was going to yeah. be my vote, too. So yep, That was a close one. That was a close one. All right. All right. Suspiria 2018 wins that one. First bracket, first disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, but it is a disappointment. It's okay. We're gonna we're gonna run <laughs> that one and roll it right into Suspiria 2018 versus Saint Maud. Uh, let's go with uh, Jack. Hmm. Shit. Uh, I like both these movies. Um, St. Maud's a really strong performance and it has a hell of a final shot. I love the ending of that movie. Um, I don't know. Suspiria feels like more of a, of a, of a complete meal to me, though. Uh, I think I'm probably going to vote Suspiria. I, but I did really, really like St. Maud. I thought that was a solid movie. Um, but yeah, I think I've, I've, had more to, I've had more time with Suspiria remake. So maybe that's, maybe that's all it is. But I'm going with the remake. Okay. Uh, Marcus. Uh, yeah, that's a tough one for me, too. Um, on one hand, I do love Suspiria, uh, for everything it was, well, everything you guys are talking about. But I did like St. Maud a lot, too, too, because it, the imagery and so many of those, like, torturous, kind of almost maddening moments. Uh, yeah, that was... That was pretty intriguing, too, honestly. Uh, I'll probably just have to stick with Suspiria because, yeah, I uh, I believe I've seen that one. Yeah, I've seen that one more times, and I've talked about that one more times. And, 
again, even though I do like Saint Maud, it's I think it's much more of a uh, a short story kind of film. I don't know. Uh, Suspiria just had more of an impact, so I'll, I'll, I'm going with that one. Sure. Okay, two for Suspiria. Um, Matt. I think I'm going to make it three in a row. St. Maud was one of those movies that I thought would have been a great extended episode of Black Mirror or something along those lines, more of an anthology piece, because I felt like it kind of strained to get to that runtime. Whereas Suspiria, for a movie that's almost three hours, to captivate my attention fully, I have to commend it considerably for that. All right. Uh, Brian. Um, I'm going to have to go with St. Maude based off the lead actress's performance and uh, the build-up to that final scene. I thought it was incredible. So St. Maude gets my vote. Mm, all right. Uh, Don and Nelly. Yeah, I'm backing Brian on this. I'm going St. Maude. Um, it, again, it's not against the remake. I, I, I do like it, and it's got its own points. But I, I think if... Um, uh, it's something I, I forgot to do in the original assessment, which was uh, which one is better elevated or um, I, I think Sigmod is it with its religious allegory. Uh, the performance speaks for itself. And I mean, that that final shot is better than anything that the original that the remake of Suspiria did. So, yeah, I'm going St. Maud on this one. Oh, I'm from behind. Gabe, what do you think? Comparing the two films, um, a good character study and a good, more confined kind of A24 horror movie is great, but I really love the epic scope of the Suspiria remake. Uh, it does not feel its runtime, and I think that's because it's tackling so many themes and it's loaded with so much uh, symbolism. And I don't know, I think it's a really uh, juicy movie. And I am a fan of Tom York, and I'm a fan of his soundtrack. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there you go. So there. All right. <laughs> B, what do you think? Uh, this is a pretty easy one for me. I'm going with the uh, Suspiria remake, mainly because I wasn't a fan at all of Save Maud. Oh. Because I think cause, uh, Suspiria was far more interesting and far more complex film, while something mm-hmm. like Save Maud felt very. Once you find out, like, once you get to that end shot it pretty much tells you exactly what type of film it is and it just makes it less interesting because of that, especially if you want to feel, you just don't want to revisit it. So uh, yeah, the lead performance is great, but I think Suspiria has a lot more going for it compared to St. Maud. So that's the one I'm going with for this one. All right, Garrett, your vote doesn't count, but what is it anyway? (laughs) (laughs) Story of my life. (laughs) <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what um, somebody said that they don't feel the length of the Suspiria remake I certainly felt the length of that movie it was too long St. <laughs> Maud's short it, 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 it was one of the most uh, underrated movies of that year I really enjoyed St. Maud and uh, so I'm definitely going St. Maud on this one. Oh man of course he called my opinion First. out what else is new <laughs> no I, I, that wasn't you I don't think no that was Did me you say that? oh was that you okay <laughs> Once again, Matt's lost, lost in the shuffle. <laughs> well, right. standing next to you, it's pretty easy for that to happen if you've ever seen him in person. <laughs> uh, okay, next bracket is going to be uh, Psycho versus Pan's Labyrinth. Ooh. Ooh. Wow. Those could not be two more <laughs> different movies. All right. <laughs> uh, let's start with Brian. 
Uh, I'm gonna have to go Psycho because uh, Pan's Labyrinth is not horror; it's dark fantasy. Yeah, here we go. Wow, here we go. <laughs> Got the buzzer. Arguments. Here we come. Uh, speaking of which, Don. <laughs> ding, ding, ding! Not horror, buzz, Psycho. Yep. Okay. Not horror, Psycho. Psycho. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and I should point out, Pan's Labyrinth is better, but not horror. It's uh, uh, off uh-oh. the. Oh, here we go. Here All we right. go. That makes sense. Go, going by the book. Yep, going, going by, by the, the book. book. Pan's Labyrinth, a better movie, but it's not a horror film, so Psycho. Uh, Marcus. Yeah, I gotta go with Psycho, too. I mean, as much as Pan's Labyrinth is a huge, grand, you know, fantasy, it's and it does have a few spooky and creepy and scary moments, but it's it's, it's not fully horror at all. Um, Psycho, on the other hand, well, it's Psycho. It's a classic. It pretty much right. makes us all lock our doors when we take showers. So, yeah, I'm going with Psycho. <laughs> yeah, it's got Vince Vaughn in it and everything. Let's yeah. go with Psycho. And Anne Hesh. I'm glad we're not doing a Psycho v. Psycho bracket. <laughs> we almost did. <laughs> uh, Garrett. Yeah, uh, I'll go with Psycho as well. Pan's Labyrinth, beautifully made film. Uh, definitely has some terrifying moments um but psycho's more of the horror element that i enjoy and uh, it started such a whole movement um that i think we're still feeling today so i'll go psycho okay uh gabe yeah i love pan's labyrinth i can see why it's being talked about in this in this horror sort of debate it definitely has credentials as a horror movie or at least a monster movie but if you take psycho out of cinematic history everything changes for the genre that's how important that movie is um well, and it has one of my <laughs> well peeping tom <laughs> kind of walks so psycho could run i think but yes. um also psycho has one of my favorite performances in a horror movie ever in uh anthony perkins as norman bates and mm-hmm. you know that character speaks for himself so i do have to go with psycho all right makes sense uh jack um, yeah, so I, I just want to ask a question. So, so Psycho is elevated horror? I guess what is elevated horror? We didn't really it's talk not, about that it, at the beginning of this. It's not That's elevated right. horror, but it's more horror than Pan's Labyrinth. That's my justification. Uh, for sure, for sure. I, and I think I'm with you there, so that's probably where the vote's going. But I'm just kind of curious, like... Yeah, Psycho's like well, like horror. Psycho's just horror. Like it is, it is like foundational horror. I don't think no, there's I'm anything looking to get elevated it. I'm looking about it. I'm looking for it to it. get bounced out pretty easily. So, uh, but it's yeah. more austere than your typical slasher movie compared to the slasher movies that came after. It's more restrained. It's more cerebral. Um, it it misleads the audience and tricks it. I don't know. I mean, I think there's a case to be made that it's some progenitor of the elevated horror movement, which is the most amorphous and vague movement to me. But you know, yeah. That's that's the discussion we're having. Yeah. Well, but it just is had to say that. There's so. not a whole lot of metaphorical stuff in Psycho, although maybe there is. <laughs> yeah. Think about it. Yeah. Well, well, slash- there's a lot going on in slasher films too. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> well, in any case, I don't want to hold it up. Uh, I'm going Psycho for the same All reason right. stated. I love both movies, but only one of them's a horror movie. Okay. Uh, Matt. I have to echo. I think everyone's sentiment. Psycho, by definition, is a more of a horror movie than Pan's Labyrinth is. And it's just funny, 60 plus years later, that 
the idea of Alfred Hitchcock doing a quote-unquote slasher movie, that's like having John Williams score a trauma film. So, yeah. <laughs> I go with Psycho. Uh, Clean Sweet? Oh, okay. Well, I think um, Pan's Labyrinth I can classify as horror, but it, again, it mixes dark fantasy, horror, you know, war and stuff like that. But I think Psycho pretty much is a full-fledged horror film. And also, like everyone's already stated before, it pretty much changed the landscape of cinema as we know it. And it's directed by one of the greatest directors of all time. So, hence, I'm giving that my vote for this one. First clean okay. sweep, right? Clean sweep, Psycho wins. Although I think Psycho is an easy win on that, even if we throw the semantics out. Um, <laughs> all right, let's do... The Shining versus Annihilation. Oh, we know what Stephen King would vote for, and it's not The Shining. We know that. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, not Kubrick's The Shining. Uh, we'll start with uh, Garrett on this one. Is Annihilation a horror film? <laughs> so you know what? You know what? Let's not, that fucking bear let, thing is terrifying. Let, let's not let's not make plans for this because we go through this shit every year because he never has <laughs> defines the criteria for this fucking tournaments, and we have this conversation every year, no matter no matter the theme or the subject. Um. So uh, with that said, go with your heart, Garrett, and go with your heart. Here. It, it uh, if I went with my heart, I'd go with Annihilation, but Annihilation is not a horror film, so I gotta go with The Shining. I'm fucking oh, stuck oh, voting oh, for that yeah. fucking movie. So, Shining it is. Shining, okay. Uh, Marcus. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I, uh, I guess I'll probably have, I, no, it's, it, yeah, it, I'll, I'll go with, uh, Annihilation. I, yes, yes. Yeah, I've, I've, I've watched, um, The Shining, so many freaking times and you know it's it's a good movie it's a great ghost story it's a great um, you know all the all the elements are great uh, it's just annihilation just works a hell of a lot better for me uh, just my own personal opinion it's um it's definitely one of those types of sci-fi horror films that really kind of speaks on a lot of different levels as far as like visuals and you know elements and stuff like that and you know garland is a magnificent director and definitely one of my favorites um and you know kubrick's a, a master too but uh, yeah I, I i i gotta go annihilation sorry yeah right. that's tough Gar garland versus kubrick that's a tough one <laughs> let's make it a fight uh matt I have to go with The Shining for a similar reason that I picked Psycho in that Kubrick, you know, a master taking the haunted house subgenre and also by extension a book that is, I think, good, but is not one of King's best and making it just this stylistic fever dream and so much stuff. And Annihilation, I'm not a fan of it whatsoever. So I guess anything against Annihilation, I would pick the opponent, so I have to go with the shotgun uh -oh. on every level. <laughs> Yikes. Them, them are fighting words right there. Did you hear that, Marcus? <laughs> Not for me, because I don't have a horse in this race, but I will never pick this film. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, I'm there. I'm there. I fight every day. It's okay. <laughs> Done. 
Oh, um, yeah, I, I gotta go with Annihilation here. Um, Alright. Yeah, just, Shining can fuck off. I, I don't care for that movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, Annihilation's not really much of a horror film either, but I like it more. And I, I, I think it's got enough qualities with the bear that uh, it can count. Uh, I think the finale kind of takes it out. But uh, there's enough there that I can uh, justify it for myself. And, uh, yeah, fuck The Shining. So I'm going Annihilation. Ah, <laughs> uh, Let's go, Jack. Um, yeah, uh, The Shining is one of my favorite movies. Uh, it's definitely like <laughs> a top 50. It gets rewatched one to two times every year. Uh, it's just a staple in this house. But I don't think it's elevated horror, and I think Annihilation is the definition of this amorphous fucking genre. Uh, so, so Garrett, you said that it's not a horror movie. You're right. A lot of elevated horror isn't. I don't even know exactly what it is, but it, it's kind of the whole I know it when I see it thing. And Annihilation feels exactly what pretentious douchebags think horror is. And to me, that is exactly, like, it's the definition of elevated horror to me. So I vote Annihilation for this, even though I'm a huge fan of The Shining. Way bigger fan of The Shining than I am of Annihilation. Jack, Jack, it's kind of like that uncanny Jack Valley, if you will. Guilty. So. (laughs) I feel like that pretentious douchebag quote should be at the title card for every A24 production. Yeah. Which I think A24 is. Uh, which I think Annihilation actually is. Uh, I love it. <laughs> you made me change the answer I wrote down. Alright, Gabe. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, okay. I mean, no disrespect to Alex Garland. Uh, I actually really loved Men. Um, of course, that's not the film we're talking about, but um, it did more for me than Annihilation, funny enough. But The Shining... Uh, even if we're talking about it through the elevated horror lens, I think there's a lot to say about how enigmatic it is, how it sort of refuses to give answers, and how Kubrick wants to keep you in that fever dream state. Um, but it also um, is one of the funniest horror movies I've ever seen. And Jack Nicholson uh, is basically starring in a, a – he's acting in a comedy where everybody else is acting in this like very cerebral ghost story. And I think that – makes for one of the most entertaining um, horror movies ever made so The Shining I've never thought about it like that I like it alright B yeah this is a <clears throat> another easy one I think um, Annihilation is a great film it's probably the only Alex Garland film that I actually do care for um, oh! <laughs> but um, I'm going with The Shining because of a lot of reasons A it's directed by Stanley Kubrick uh, B, it is definitely, if this film came out today, it would definitely be classified under the elevated horror banner. And also, C, like a lot of horror filmmakers who have done their own version of an ele- elevated horror film, have would always bring this up as in, co- in comparison to an influence. So th- that's the reason I'm going for this film. And also, it's one of my all-time favorites. So yeah, The Shining for me. All right, we got four for The Shining and three for Annihilation. Brian, what is your final answer? As much as I love The Shining, I've seen that about a hundred times. I've seen it more than Annihilation. I will continue to see it more than Annihilation after this. But Annihilation falls in the category. It's not horror. It's elevated sci-fi horror. And I think <laughs> it fits. 
because I'm sure in elevated horror you can make up all these little subgenres that go in there, and I think it fits a lot better than The Shining. So Annihilation. Annihilation wow. is your answer. Okay, Pedro, I guess you do have a dog in this fight. First of all, I'm I'm enjoying Brian's mental gymnastics to make sense of his vault there. <laughs> um, Thank I'm gonna you. I, Thank you. I'm gonna for everything that was said. Before me, I'm going to say The Shining. The Shining, I do feel like, like it's elevated horror, even at its time when it came out. I think there's so much underneath the surface there. And, you know, there, there's been documentaries and books written about this fucking movie, for crying out loud. So there's there's a lot, there's a lot of subsects there. And so I'm going to go with The Shining. All right. Okay. All right. Last one on this side of the bracket. We got Let the Right One In versus Get Out. Which let the right one in? It, that, that's the original. <laughs> right? That's the original. The original. Right? The original. Let yeah. me in is the okay. remake. Let the right one in is the original. Oh, okay. Yeah. They're, they're only like a Euro part anyway. I think so. they're just called Let Me In, right? Yeah. Okay. They should have just called the remake Open the Door. <laughs> <laughs> Open the fucking door. <laughs> uh, Gabe, let's start with you. That's a tough one. That is a tough one. I love both those movies. However, I consider Get Out to be... The, the sort of kind of blueprint for elevated horror. So if we're really talking about what is the most definitive or what is uh, the kind of the champion of that genre, I think it's, it is to uh, the elevated horror genre that Halloween is to slasher movies. So I got to go with Get Out. Even though it kind of breaks my heart because uh, Let the Right One In was one of the first horror movies that I really loved. Yeah, they're both great movies. It's that's a tough one. <laughs> it's a real tough one. It is. <laughs> uh, Marcus. Oh, must have lost Marcus for a second. All right, we'll. His mic's muted. Oh, you there, Marcus? He might have stepped away for a second. All right, let's. No, no, on. I'm here. I'm here. Oh, okay. I'm All here. Right, <laughs> All right, get out versus. Sorry, Lord. sorry, sorry. Um, uh, yeah, I gotta go with Get Out. I mean, as much as I liked Let the Right One In, Get Out is significantly more, I guess you can say, just, well, you know, relatable. And also just, uh, it, it's, it's a fine picture with great performances, and it's, uh, it really just honestly speaks, I don't want to say to a generation, but in a way, it, it speaks to a lot of people on a on a different level than most horror films do, or at least ones of this caliber. So, yeah, I, I loved Let the Right One In for its imagery and stuff like that, but Get Out is just, it's, it's a better film to me. So, yeah, I'm going with that one. All right. Uh, Jack. Um, I don't know that I could say anything that... Uh people before me haven't said uh, i think it's get out i think it's get out with a bullet it is elevated horror it's it's got to be on the mount rushmore of that whatever that phrase means uh but yeah i get out <laughs> uh beat yeah this is a tough one because i think both movies are fantastic but i'm definitely if i have to go because i'm with my picks it's either going to be ones that are my favorite or ones that i feel like have done more to the horror genre so i'm gonna go with get out because when that came out it kind of just changed the landscape of horror in terms of it's how it explored its themes and this also it's it's also just a great film all around it's brilliant brilliantly well written 
brilliant performances and it's got a great dark humor it's scary and it just handles its story extremely well and one that could easily have just played rather simply but i think jordan peele just adds so much to it that kind of just made it even greater than you know it's premise you know it could have easily been a straightforward kind of film but i think jordan peele just added so much to it that definitely quote unquote elevates it and yeah i think it's just a great film so yeah so i'm going with get get out on this one and then before it came out it was hey that guy from key and peel is making a horror movie <laughs> yeah yeah we were all questioning <laughs> did anyone hear the term elevated horror before get out came out no and no. correct me if i'm wrong but i want to say ari oster is the one who actually came up like said that term elevated horror in public yeah, I think uh, I was going to bring that up in the next round I, or in sense. the next matchup because I think that's really where it really became the standard of these kind of films, whatever the fuck that is. Yeah, that's true. That makes sense. We'll get to that for sure. Um, Matt. So my definition of elevated horror, which I think changes for everyone on the show, is <laughs> I, I weighed it a bit on does the film have a certain cross-genre appeal to people who wouldn't necessarily watch horror movies. And I, I think in that case, I lean towards Get Out, not just because I prefer it, but I think it captured a lot of people who don't normally go to see horror movies. And the scariest thing was it, that a horror movie of that ilk was nominated for Best Picture. You know, that that's elevation through awards for a genre that has historically been looked down upon and jettisoned with some exceptions. So for all that, I have to go get out. All right. Uh, Garrett. Oh boy. This is an interesting bracket because there are so many moving parts to both these films. Um, but you know what? I'm not a big get out fan, believe it or not. Uh, let the white run in as however really really hit me um that is a movie i mean a vampire is a protector and it's just the way she protects that kid in that movie all the way to the final just grisly but awesome scene captivated me and that is the type of horror i really like and get outs it's fine i didn't think it was as great as everyone said it was though so i'm going with let the right one in okay it at least gets one vote uh, Brian, does it get two? <laughs> if it would have went up against anything else, I would have picked it for everything Garrett has said about it. But I loved what Get Out had to say. I loved the performances. And still to this day, I think it's uh, Jordan Peele's best movie. It's not No Blance. It's I'll disagree. Nowhere I'll disagree. <laughs> well, you're wrong. Okay. And if you, if you look up, if you Google Elevated Horror right now, I'm guaranteed this movie will be one of the first ones to pop up. So, get out is my boat. Right. Okay. And Don and Ellie. Yeah, film I like more versus the film that's the poster child for the discussion we're having tonight. Yeah. It, <laughs> I, I, I mean, Get Out is great at what it is. And I, I mean, there's nothing I can say about it that hasn't already been said. But 
it, it, I, I have to pick it, even though I, I still love Let the Right One In under, like Brian said, under most normal situations, I would vote for that one because there's a lot more going on underneath the surface than what people think. I mean, you look at the backstory with Oscar and, uh, you know, you realize how he came into being. You realize what the kid is going to go through because he's on the same damn path. He's going to end up in that exact same situation 30, 40, 50 years from now. And that's exactly what's going to happen to him. And it, yeah, the, the, there's a lot more going on underneath the surface than what people think. But uh, it, it's Get Out is the poster child for what we're doing here tonight. So I, I, I can't vote against it, especially this early on in the bracket. Fair enough, yeah. All right. You know, one thing One thing I wanted to say really quick is that I just, I was thinking about it right now as we're talking about Let the Right One In and how foreign films, they kind of have an inherent advantage in this tournament just because they have different motivations, right? I mean, American films have a formula and that's what's kind of been followed because that makes money. And so American filmmakers tend to think of the bottom line more so than foreign filmmakers who a lot of times get sponsored by their countries you know, they have different artistic sensibilities. So us getting used to consuming that American product, when we see a foreign film, it's something different. And so we're going to automatically elevate it, quote unquote. And so I think, yeah, just something to think about, you know, as we're trying to... off my ass, 90% of my favorite films are foreign anyway. Fuck America. <laughs> as, as, as the theme of this entire tournament, thanks to Lance's fuck-ups, is that we're going to try to define this fucking term as we go along. That's one of the things to consider as well. So, um, right. anyways, let's keep on going. Lance, you're responsible for all of this. Oh, uh, is it my fault? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I didn't pick any of these movies you guys did, so. <laughs> all right, you want to take over the uh, second yeah, half yeah. of the bracket right. here? Let's move on. Uh, okay, so we got our first, uh, first of four brackets done. Let's move on. So we've got uh, potentially a big one here. It's uh, Hereditary versus Green Room. And we will start with Marcus on this one. Well, uh, I'm going with Hereditary. I like Green Room. I thought it was a, a very visceral, like, suspenseful film. Uh, great performances all around, you know, especially with the late Greek Anton Yelchin. But um, Hereditary is, well, it is, to me, to me, it is a masterpiece. I, I'm going to be saying that a lot if this uh, goes forward, but you know it, it is, and it's um, it's. I feel like it, it may be one of the standards when it comes to, you know, hell, elevated horror, horror, and everything that we're trying to discuss with that. Right. But at its helm, it's just a very good, meticulous, fantastic, scary and immensely driven and focused film that just you know also happens to be scary so i i feel like this you know this is elevated horror horror this is intelligent horror and i uh i love this movie so i'm thinking that one yeah the the proverbial poster child for elevated horror i think is this film the one yeah. you're talking about yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> All right, gotta vote in for Hereditary. Uh, Brian, what do you think, man? I love Green Room. Rest in peace, Anton Yelchin. Uh, Patrick Stewart, I thought was as he's not in the movie a lot, but I thought he was really effective as, as the main bad guy. And as much as I love that, Hereditary just blows it out the water as as far as this category we're talking about. 
And there, there's a reason why people felt like um, uh, uh, spacing on her name right now. Somebody help me out. In Tony, Collette. Tony, Collette. Tony Collette. There was a reason why people felt like she should have been nominated for something because her performance was fantastic in that. So I have to go hereditary. All right. Uh, Gabriel, what do you think? Hereditary is not my speed. Um, I respect Ari Aster. He's clearly a master of his craft. He knows exactly how to get his vision um, you know, from his head it, onto the screen. But Green Room uh, was intelligent and clever and provocative while still embracing the things about this genre, the horror thriller genre that I love. And, you know, Hereditary just... Uh, I could really see people who liked this movie turning their nose at a lot of other movies that I like because I feel like this movie, it didn't pander to it deliberately. But uh, I did not appreciate what Hereditary did for the discourse, and it's just not a movie I have interest in revisiting uh, compared to Green Room, <laughs> which is a it's a big favorite of mine. So, Green Room. All right. Green both okay. both really, really good movies, by the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Garrett, what do you think? Well, uh, Hereditary is just one of those movies I saw without knowing a thing about it, and thank God I did, because I think the less you know about it going in, the better. That movie is just so impactful. Uh, Green Room, it was fine. It was visceral, but it wasn't really my speed. And Hereditary, um, it really, really, I, just all the psychological stuff going on in that movie. And you guys are right. Tony Collette deserves something for what she brought to that role. Uh, I'm going to go Hereditary. All right. Uh, Jack? Um, yeah, I mean, Jean-Luc Picard is a villain is awesome on paper. I just wish the execution was a little more my speed, uh, or, or, or a little more, a little something more for me to chew on there. Um, right. I, I liked Green Room. I loved Hereditary. I mean, Hereditary is just the subtext, the subliminal messaging, uh, the way that that movie holds up on a rewatch after you know the the you know the plot arc of it and the pieces of it. There's so much more happening that you know you kind of put it together after the fact and then just go ah oh, okay. ah that oh you know all that stuff. Um, Ari Aster in general, I mean, I'm a fan of the guy. I love the idea that, you know, his last, his, his two films, and then I assume Bo is Afraid will probably do something similar, but you get, like, so much of a straight movie, and then Aster, it's almost like he walks in and he just goes, are you paying attention yet? You know, kind of thing. I love that. I love that interactive aspect of this movie. Um, yeah, I, I hereditary for me. All right. Uh, what do you think, Matthew? This is one of those, I think it's one of the harder ones to call in this bracket, but I'm going to go with Green Room because I think Hereditary has one advantage in that it's got a lot more time to work with than Green Room does, but I think Green Room is more effective because it makes the most of its, you know, 90 plus minutes. I never felt like it was struggling to get to feature length. I thought the when it had to get more intense, like when they're barricading the door and his arm gets injured, that was one of those things that I don't get squeamish nowadays, but I sort of took a step back. And as much as I have scars from season two of Star Trek Picard, and I don't want to support Patrick Stewart at the moment, I will still go with, I will still go with green room. Yo, sidebar season three has been pretty dope. 
I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, I'm waiting for it to finish so people can tell me if it's worth watching the whole thing. Right. <laughs> just saying. All right. So, hey, Jack, has War finally shown up yet? I only saw the first episode. That he has. Okay. Uh, all right, Don, what's it going to be, man? Yeah, um, if we consider Get Out like the poster child or like 1A of the sub of this subgenre, Hereditary is like 1B. Um, Green Room for me was just a simple, straightforward thriller uh, that I, I really did or cared for it. So Hereditary by leaps and bounds. Gotcha. All right. And so, Bede, your vote doesn't really count, but what is it anyway? Well, it was going to be Hereditary anyway because, okay. you know, it's, the, it's basically the poster child of the elevated horror genre and also like a lot of ele quote-unquote elevated horror it has the horror elements but even if you took that out it would still be a great film on its right. own as a drama and of course you know tony collette should have got all the awards for her performance in this film so that was the film i was going to vote for very nice okay moving on so now we've got uh uh it follows versus another horror uh another foreign film so i'm sure don's gonna go for this one high tension so don which one do you go for ah uh, you're wrong i call it bella high tension it is not elevated horror i'm going it follows okay it follows. I, I i call the buzzer on high tension i think that's more of a slasher uh it's, yep. it, okay. it's it's very inventive you know there's a lot of things that are going on but i think it doesn't really have that rewatchability to it i mean once you figure out the twist it's it's just a regular slasher film and okay. so if well, if I have to do a tiebreaker, I guess everybody knows what I'm gonna vote for. <laughs> it's got high in the title, so that by definition makes it elevated. <laughs> There's a lot of high tension in trying to define what this fucking elevator horde things means in this room here right now. So, you know, there is that as well. Uh, Brian, what is your pick? Uh, somebody brought up Mount Rushmore of elevated horror. I think it follows could arguably go there and. The high tension is not elevated horror. It's uh, it's got its own genre. What is it? A French extremist? Okay. <laughs> is that going to be next year's tournament, uh, Lance? I think, I think it's <laughs> called yeah. vulgar. You um, guys call it. It's it's always you vulgar auteur. Vulgar auteurism. I think is there there's a Wikipedia page dedicated to this vulgar vulgar auteur cinema. And, High tension is definitely on that. We can, hey, we can always do like Tim Davis does Writing over at Dummies of Horror and do a porn parody horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bede. Yeah, um, I like High Tension, but I agree. I wouldn't classify it as elevated horror, but I, although a part of me reckons in some level it probably thinks it is because of its twist ending, because it, you right. know, it, but it was just a little too smart for its own good with that ending, but. I, I'm definitely going with It Follows because, again, like Hereditary and Get Out, it definitely came out of that sort of, you know, little period where it, it became also another poster child for the elevated horror genre, and it's has all the hallmarks of what this subgenre is. So, yes, yeah, It Follows for me. All right. What do you think, Gabe? Yeah, I think whenever you look up um, elevated horror, um, It Follows is one of those movies that's always referenced. And while I that doesn't give it the point for me automatically. I really respect the way it kind of revolutionized the concept of a stalking movie, even just the way that it was filmed. I think the, uh, the constant POV, like she's always looking over her shoulder and it's the, the, the stalker is always the same distance from the camera. That one small thing to me 
like redefined uh, that sort of thing that we'd always been seeing in horror movies. So the way that director kind of came out with his own voice and reinvented um, a very popular idea in horror movies, I really respect that. And high tension um, with that twist ending, is there something called D? elevated horror because i think that's probably something that fits into better depends on what kind of elevator you're talking about man <laughs> oh man yeah that ending was kind of similar to that movie uh shroom remember that one <laughs> uh all right jack uh, yeah, I, I'll go It Follows. I don't have a strong opinion about either one of these movies, but It Follows just feels more like the kind of movie we're talking about. High tension, not so much. So, Okay. Uh, Marcus? Oh, man, this is actually kind of hard for me because High Tension was, I believe, the very first foreign horror film that I ever watched. Uh, it was a very eye-opening and graphic experience and that movie always have a special place in my heart but um if we're talking about you know higher up horror uh then yeah definitely it follows would fall that category a little bit you know probably one of the greatest after school public service announcements ever you know and uh <laughs> <laughs> just a very interesting and just uh like detailed uh, film. I mean, it was one of those movies where I was I was paying attention to everything at all times, and it was, uh, you know, it was it was a very stressful experience watching that film because it, you know, the subject matter hits very hard and it's very conventional, but also told in kind of a refreshing way, and uh, you know, I I enjoyed it so, and I still do. So yeah, it follows. Okay. Yeah. Makes great use of background. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Garrett, your turn. Easiest head-to-head matchup so so far for me. Uh, it follows has a great concept, but it got more ridiculous as it went. And that conclusion to it follows that final battle, quote unquote, is just ridiculous and stupid. <laughs> High tension just grew on me. It grew and grew. And say what you want about the ending, but it was a twist, and it um. You know, it jolted me when I saw it in theaters initially, and the impact that had on me was a hell of a lot more than it follows. So I'm going high tension here. All right. And what about you, Matthew? I'm going with it follows. I have a bias against high tension from its inception because the twist was spoiled for me before I saw it. So I've always never really been able to judge that movie on its own merit. All right. So I think it's safe to say it follows uh, is moving forward. (laughs) Despite Garrett's solo vote. (laughs) Good matchup. Uh, Now we're going to... uh, We're getting getting a little dark here now, folks. Uh, We've got Enemy versus Antichrist. Brian, do you want to go first? Yeah, I'm not a fan of Enemy. I'm not a fan of having to go watch a YouTube video to explain what I just watched. (laughs) But I'm also not a fan of Antichrist. I'm not a fan of genital mutilation and babies <laughs> falling out of windows this is so I, I guess I'll give it to enemy I guess reluctantly okay. that should be on the poster <laughs> <laughs> genital mutilation uh, alright Don and Ellie what is it man 
Well, since I never found in me, and uh, I'm totally fine with genital mutilation, I, I've seen more of that than I care to admit, and uh, it, it's not a it's not a turn off at all. Um, I, I'm totally cool with watching, you know, like American guinea pig sacrifice or uh, any any of those kinds of stuff. Um, I'll I'll take Antichrist since that was the one I saw. Okay, uh, Matthew. <laughs> Well, I kind of wish Jake Gyllenhaal was an antichrist for obvious reasons. If you know, me. Um, this is this is tough because enemy. I put more in the thriller camp because a lot of that is the classic trope of what you don't see, but it's also inevitably undone by, as Brian said. The ending is so fucking preposterous that you have to watch these supplementary materials just to understand it. Whereas Antichrist is one of those things where it's Lars von Trier, his whole mantra, and I don't know if he's ever said this, is that uh, people suck and the only thing that is going to matter is when you're dead. Uh, He's one of the most misanthropic filmmakers I think we ever have, but I appreciate his take me as I am sort of approach. And Antichrist, as far as horror goes, there was some stuff in there that, you know, genital mutilation notwithstanding, I thought was very uh, disturbing. So I think I'm going to go with Antichrist. And I feel like I have some repenting to do because I went against a Jake Gyllenhaal movie. Okay. (laughs) Antichrist it is. Uh, Garrett? Yeah, uh, surprisingly, I'm going to agree with a lot of what my co-host just said. In fact, all of it. Uh, I'm going with Antichrist as well. Uh, I just, I'm not a fan of Enemy. I'm not a big Villeneuve fan. I didn't really like that one. Uh, but Antichrist, say what you want about it. It leaves an impact on you. So, yeah, I'll go with that one. <laughs> it leaves something on you, that's for sure. <laughs> like all Lars von Trier movies. Uh, okay, Marcus. Uh, yeah, I got to go Antichrist, too. I mean, it's uh, Enemy is, is, is decent for what it is. But, you know, Antichrist is, you know, very graphic and gruesome and but very told in a in a in a weirdly beautiful way i guess by the way it's shot and mm-hmm. just uh you know the, the stuff you see on the screen it's it's also very repulsive and kind of uncomfortable well, kind of well, kind of it is uncomfortable um but it just works so much better as, as an effective horror film than enemy does so yeah i gotta go with uh antichrist Another vote for Antichrist. Uh, Jack, save us, man. Um, yeah, I, uh, I'm, a, I'm a Von Trier uh, fan's the wrong word. I've liked <laughs> a bunch of his movies, but I've really disliked a bunch of his movies, too. And Antichrist is one of the ones that I really, really don't like. Um, and Enemy happens to be a movie that I was very pleasantly surprised by. Uh, I actually love enemy i think that it's a awesome movie i think it's very entertaining and i think it's right on the line of whatever this elevated horror genre could be i know it's psychological thriller more than anything but i feel like that fits um so yeah i I go enemy all right uh let's see gabe yeah, fuck Lars von trier um (laughs) hell yeah (laughs) not a fan um, I think um, he is a quarter um, as talented as he thinks he is. Um, his, you know, <laughs> we talk about his nihilism and I don't fired, know. <laughs> that's a 
don't know. That just manifests to me as really ugly, mean-spirited, edgelordy visuals. I think he just wants to inflict harm on the audience. Um, and, you know, his version of trolling is by claiming to uh, sympathize with Adolf Hitler <laughs> at the Cannes Film Festival. So um, I'm, just, I'm just not a, a fan of that guy. And uh, enemy wins by default. <laughs> oh man, it's getting competitive. Um, all right, another another for enemy. Wow, uh, bead. It, it's kind of it kind of comes down to you, man. <laughs> well, um, I don't consider enemy a horror film at all. It's definitely more psychological. I do like the movie, but I remember more things from Antichrist than I do enemy. I mean, when enemy all had all it has going for it in terms of, you know, me remembering it is a giant spider, while, right. you know, Antichrist has genital mutilation and among other things. Um, I, I can definitely see which one's going to hit me and hit me and stick with me more, so I'm going with Antichrist. Oh no, Pedro, guess what? <laughs> oh shit. Um, yeah, sorry. No, that's... Oh no, no, we got Antichrist, huh? Okay, wonderful. Okay, oh, oh, I was wrong. My math was, as usual, my math was off. Antichrist boosted. <laughs> All right. I would have been surprised if that You got lost, spared, honestly. Pedro. You got spared. All right, next, uh, and this is the last one on this fourth of the contest. We've got two, two very different movies. Um, Under the Skin versus uh, the very, very, very uh, aged and perhaps classic uh, cabinet of Dr. Caligari. <laughs> Where do we begin? B, do you want to start us off? We might, we might hit the buzzer on the cabinet of Dr. Caligari, but I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't consider that an elevator horror. There's a lot. Yep. There's been essays written about that film that I don't, you know, I don't know if it qualifies to be elevator horror, but let's go on. Let's let's hear the people out. Well, if you can write an essay on yeah. it. Yeah, well, I actually for this movie. Yeah, well, I agree with you, Pedro. I don't consider Dr. Caligari an elevated horror film, even though it, it is a film that did change the landscape of horror, because uh, it is a more of a German expressionism film than anything else. But if I had to compare this and Under the Skin in terms of which one I liked more, I will definitely say Under the Skin because. No pun intended, this film got under my skin more than <laughs> Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Okay. I mean, that beach scene has been haunting my haunting me ever since I saw this film in the cinema. Um, so, and again, you could make the argument whether Under the Skin is full horror or not, but I think, again, like a lot of quote-unquote elevated horror, it, ha it definitely is a horror film, but it has other elements added to it to make it more than just a horror film. So I'm definitely going with um, Under the Skin on this one. Nice, nice. Okay. Uh, Gabe. Yeah, I feel bad for Under the Skin. It's going against one of uh, the most important movies ever made. Um, it was a really unnerving uh, film, Under the Skin, with uh, a really, I think, impressive performance from Scarlett Johansson. I don't know if she's um, gone on to play uh, villainous characters again, but I think she really got to me. Uh, using her, you know, her, let's say, seductress abilities and then turning that around into being a really inhuman presence on screen. Uh, there's a lot that Under the Skin has going for it. But, I mean, like I said, if you take Psycho out, you change film history. And if you take The Cabin of Dr. Caligari out, I, I just don't think we'd even be sitting down talking about horror movies. It, it's like 
taking out um, the Beatles or maybe even going farther back, taking out Beethoven. Um, now, I, I, I can't say which one I enjoy more because I, I study Caligari more than I watch it, but I think it's more uh, valuable. So I have to go with that. Okay. One for the cabinet. Uh, Jack. <laughs> Yeah, I think I just got to go with Under the Skin. Uh, it's just not... Caligari's... It's just not even a... It's it's just not this genre. I think Under the Skin is and Caligari isn't, so Under the Skin. Uh, Marcus, what do you think? Uh, yeah, Under the Skin, too. It's a very surreal film. I loved it. It was had all the elements there, had all the, you know... For boldness, and hopefully that's the right word uh, but to it. It was uh, it, I still remember it. Uh, Caligari, I don't really. I mean, I've seen it before, but it just it didn't it didn't stick at all. It's um, I mean, I understand the relevance of it, and when it comes to the history of this, the whole genre, but it uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going under the skin. Under the skin, it is. Uh, Garrett. Yeah, Caligari, I'm, uh, Jack said this isn't really part of this genre, and I completely agree with him. Under the Skin, you tell any mother, and Beat brought it up, the beach scene, you tell any mother that that beach scene is in a horror scene, and they will punch you in the face. Uh, under the Skin, not not to mention, I think it's, and this has nothing to do with the real horror part of this, but I think it is, has one of the most daring performances I've ever seen out of an A-list actress, out of Scarlett Johansson. I will go Under the Skin as well. Nice, nice. Uh, Matthew? I, I choose under the skin because it fits the definition more so. But I must say, for my own personal opinion, as a gay man, I didn't find under the skin all that scary. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you're not Scottish either. So, you know, there's that. <laughs> no, I just have scotch in my <laughs> you're, car. Behind you're not me. driving around the Scottish Highlands. So Scarlet uh, uh, Lude skin is a nightmare <laughs> that a straight <laughs> Scottish man would have. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Don. What's uh, what's your vote, man? Yeah, we're hitting the buzzer in Caligari. It's uh, skin by <laughs> default here, and uh, it, not that it matters, but uh, Caligari is silent anyway, so that fucks off. Okay, <laughs> uh, Brian. I put uh, under the skin in the same category as Annihilation. Um, I think it fits better in this category, and I think it's one of Scarlett Johansson's uh, one of her better performances, and she didn't have a. I don't believe she had a whole lot of dialogue in there, so just, just, just lots and lots of black goo, right? Yep. I don't know if that says anything about a woman's best performance being when they're silenced. <laughs> <laughs> Lance, you fucked up again. All right. All right. We ready? <laughs> Under the skin wins that one pretty easily. Ready Pedro? Uh, yeah. Uh, Pedro, you want to do side two for us? Okay, so side two starts off with uh, Mandy and the Nighthouse, and we'll start with Don. We'll, we'll start with you. Oh, God. Uh, this is probably the toughest one for me. Um, I'm not a fan of either one, and for me, uh, or is it just me, or did uh, it look like somebody's not recording the call anymore? Yeah, I may have hit a button. All right, it's recording. Okay, I think one just... of us is recording a backup. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, I just wanted to check that before I said anything. Um, okay. 
Yeah, this is tough. I I mean, uh, for me, I've always said that there's a better uh, version of Vandy out there if you re-edit the damn thing and you take out all the hallucinogenics. Nighthouse is fine. I... I understand where it's going, but I wish it would have gotten to the point sooner. Um, uh, this is a tough one. Uh, I'm going to flip a coin. I'm going to say Nighthouse. Uh, I, 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 I have a tough time with this one. Uh, I think they're both really close. and uh, Nighthouse, for me, just barely squeaks by. All right. Uh, Bede, what do you think? Ah, uh, this is... I I I, lo- I think the Nighthouse is a great film, but I do absolutely love Mandy with all my heart and soul. Um, <laughs> and and the thing about Mandy is is like it is a B movie at heart, like a B action horror revenge film. But I think what, um, but it has that art house sheen to it that definitely kind of elevates it from just being a B movie. Right. And and I think um. Panos Cosmatos just does so much to it that again just sort of elevates the film and it's just it's emotional it's insane and it has a brilliant Nicolas Cage performance at the center of it and I think it, to me that's the winner of this bracket I mean at least this round is uh Mandy so I'm going with that just surprised right. B voted for Nick Cage I know right <laughs> <Never once>. <laughs> <laughs> all right Gabe what about you what, what do you say yeah, I think Mandy is too backloaded with Nick Cage. Um, I really like my Nick Cage uh, at the core of it, you know. Um, I mean, Mandy is uh, an absolutely gorgeous movie, and actually, um, I've I've used it as as a reference point for some of the projects that I'm working on. You know, me and my cinematographer sit down and watch Mandy. So, I mean, it's it's a gargantuan accomplishment in a lot of ways, uh, but personal subjective feelings um i was very moved by the night house uh, i was uh, really captivated by rebecca hall's performance and um to me horror movies are perfect vehicles to explore grief i think that's why everybody loves hereditary so much you know grief trauma and that one spoke to me man and uh, it really haunted me so i i will have to go for the night house all right jack let's say you uh Short and sweet, two words, Cheddar Goblin, Mandy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Marcus, what do you say? Oh, um, yeah, definitely Mandy. It's uh, definitely one of my favorite movies. It's a indomitable journey into, like, righteous fire and brimstone, not to mention it's a... Uh, it's a fantastic uh, revenge film. Soundtrack's majestic. The imagery is out of this world. I, I freaking love that movie so much. So, yeah, I'm going with Mandy. All right, Garrett. Well, Jack made a great case for Mandy, but I love the slow burn aspect of The Night House. I just always love that way of building the tension to something. And Rebecca Hall is just tremendous in that movie. So I'm going Night House. All right, Matt. I'm going with The Night House as well. I'm always surprised when I see a haunted house film in any capacity that can speak to me. Not in the uh, not in the 1999 haunting sort of way where I want to run out of the theater or put my head through a television. Um, but The, the Night House kind of reminded me, I call it the horror 
version of Manchester by the Sea or the more horrific version because it's it's a movie that's not afraid to say that grief and especially losing someone that you love is not one of those things you just get over at the snap of a finger. Um, and that was something that at the time when I saw it, I was dealing with personally. So I really connected with that in a way. So I'm going to go with The Night House and I'm just a, a huge champion of Rebecca Hall as well. I don't think she gets enough credit for being as great as she is. All right, and Brian. I, I hear everything everybody's saying about the Nighthouse. Uh, that her performance turned it around for me with her, because after her seeing her in Godzilla versus Kong, trying to convince me she's a <laughs> professor or scientist, wasn't working for me. <laughs> but I, I was can't anybody's performance in Kong versus Godzilla working for you? That's Kong's, Kong's, Kong's was for sure. Yeah. I, I thought Kong did pretty well. Yeah, but I, I can't go against Mandy. Um, the visuals are phenomenal. Uh, Nick Cage is phenomenal in it. Um, I disagree with Don, but if you take out all the hallucinations, hallucinogens in it, I, I don't, I don't know if I want to watch the movie. <laughs> so all man. right, so so um, Don, did you what what did you pick again, Mandy or Nighthouse? Okay, yeah, it should okay. be tied up. Oh no, fucker. All right. So, you know, I, I'm a therapist in my in my real life, so I, I deal with a lot of people grieving. And, and so, again, this film did hit me. And I think it's interesting that films like The Night House, um, even films like Smile, which we had last year, we're, we're seeing a trend of using this, you know, this metaphor of grieving or not being able to get past a certain point in your life where you have to move on. You know, there's a lot of denial there. And really, the Nighthouse was one of the ones that really caught my attention early on. Um, so it really, again, it really struck a chord with me as well. I love Mandy. I mean, I think Mandy was really Nicolas Cage stepping out of that, you know, video on demand purgatory that he was in for years, and stepping out of the parody that he had become. Not that he didn't do any parody. more. <laughs> not, not that he didn't do any more films afterwards that that were more, you know, him being a parody of himself. But certainly, he was getting out of that hole. So now, you know, now he's in demand again. Now, right now, he's got a movie coming out in theaters again. So so his credibility was certainly starting to be fixed during Mandy. But I got to go with The Night House because The Night House stood Ooh, with yeah. me. And, and it was something that, you know, I, I, I couldn't forget for in a long time. So I, I, I call it an upset. Call it what you want. But The Night House moves on. That, that was on your top five that year, uh, Pedro. I loved it. Yep, I remember that. Now, with that said, I will say that the whole grieving... Uh, you know, metaphor is getting a little long in the tooth. I think we're seeing a lot of these quote unquote elevator horror uh, filmmakers really lean on that too much lately. Because I think since the Nighthouse, we've seen at least four or five films that are of the same ilk where, you know, people are in denial and there's a lot of stuff going on. And it's all about just, you know, trying to get over it and move on. But for this particular tournament, I'm sticking with the Nighthouse. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And at least three of those all starred Rebecca Hall, too. So. Yeah, uh, is to elevated horror what uh, what gore is to slasher movies. You know, it's like something that people are starting to throw on the screen. Yeah, for sure. All right, so now we're gonna move on to and right right away we're gonna hit the buzzer on this one. Near Dark. What the fuck is this movie doing in here? <laughs> Who the fuck <laughs> added that one? <laughs> Um, li- listen, listen. It's a great film. Don't get me don't get me wrong. I mean, it's a classic, right? But it's definitely not, 
You know, it, it's it, if it was if we were in high school, it would definitely be in the wrong crowd right now. You know, we'd <laughs> kick it out, go back to the nerds or something. Come on, Pedro, um, don't, don't bury the lead, man. Let's let's just go. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anyways, uh, we'll start with Gabe. We'll start with you. Near Dark or The Witch? Oh, um, well. See, now I feel trapped because we're talking about the greatest elevated horror movie. Um, I mean, I would absolutely rather Near Dark on any day of the week. I would rather watch yes. Near Dark. Uh, that's a fantastic movie. Has some career highlights from actors I love like Bill Paxton and Lance Henriksen. It reinvented the vampire genre. And, you know, it, it did it in a clever way. So if you want to stretch and say, well, that elevates it. Um, it it's elevated in the sense that when you see where vampire movies were at that time, it was smarter, right. meaner, had more of a bite than any of those. That being okay. said, I mean, yeah, but but The Witch is, you know, it goes on that Mount Rushmore. Robert Eggers goes on that Mount Rushmore with Ari Oster and Jordan Peele. Um, so I, I feel like my arm has been twisted to go with The Witch, but this is the only circumstance that I would, I would do that with because that also is not my speed. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go with Bede. What do you say? Yeah, it's definitely The Witch. Um, Dear Dark, great movie, but definitely not elevated horror for me, as brilliantly made as it is. But like what we've already said before, like if we did a, like a Mount Rushmore of elevated horror films, The Witch definitely is up there with, you know, Get Out, Hereditary, and It Follows for me. So it's definitely The Witch. All right, Don? Uh, geez, a film that I'm going to call uh, the buzzer on versus uh, 1C on the Mount Rushmore of the genre. Do I really have to say anything? <laughs> All right, let's put let's put a W for, uh, for Don here. And that's me keeping track of these things, so. Okay. W, yeah, for which, or is it Vich? I don't know. Or is the it Vich? Double V. <laughs> the the yes. Vich. Should I put two Vs? Okay, let's go down to Jack. Well... My name is Jack, and I suggested Near Dark for this bracket, and here's why. <laughs> here's why. As has been stated so many fucking times in this conversation, elevated horror doesn't mean anything. It does yes. like it has no definition. I don't like. I don't know what it. I really don't know what it means. I really don't because it. I feel like it's it's just whatever you think it is at the time, or if it's made by A24. It's one of those. It's always one of those. <laughs> is this Sometimes, a protest vote on your part? Is that a, is that a protest? It's not so much a protest vote. It's more just, I feel like I put this on the, on the bracket list because I just wanted to show the hypocrisy of the idea of elevated horror. Because I think that Near Dark, if you moved that movie to today... And if A24 caught a trailer for it, it would look exactly like It Comes at Night or anything else that they've released. But I can't, now that I'm thinking about it, even tell you why that is. It just feels that way, if that makes sense. So, Go ahead, Jack. Uh, yeah, so that being said, I can't vote against The Witch. The Witch is The Witch. It's, it is my vote. However, I just wanted to say there was... It, it was put on the list with some thought put behind it, but now that I'm thinking about it, I don't really know what that thought is. So, <laughs> compelling argument for near dark. <laughs> I mean, this is not. This is not. I, I agree with everything you said, Jack. At the end of the day, this this uh, genre is bullshit in my opinion. 
But with that said, I think with Near Dark, what the reason why it's troublesome in this bracket or in this tournament is because we could automatically, like, automatically put it in other genres. Like, it could be like a horror film. It could be like an action film. It could even be a Western in a lot of ways. Sure. So I think that's what makes it elevated, though. I think that's literally part of the definition of elevated horror. I think Matt said it before, is that it doesn't, it's not just horror. It falls into multiple genres and could be defined by other genres as well i think that's part of maybe okay, what i was so then thinking can you there. say the same thing about predator that's an action yes. horror sci-fi yeah. is that yeah. elevated horror i think i think under the broad definition of what we're talking about i think maybe it could be yeah even though i never would yeah. think of it that way i think somebody could make that argument i think elevated horror has to have a subtext to its to whatever the the, the threat yeah. is it has to be some sort of metaphor like there has to be like an emotional subtext there and Near Dark and Predator, both more entertaining than The Witch, in my opinion, um, aren't exactly aiming for that. Um, it's it's high octane action or you know uh, vampire cowboys, which um, is amazing and that's genius. But um, I think I think if there is a pattern that we've found throughout this discussion, I think subtext is is key. Agreed. Uh, yeah, the, there's got to be something. It, making making it elevated is because there's something underneath the surface for you to look at that you're having to dig out and unearth. It can't just be the stuff that you know. Oh well, it, this mix mixes together three or four different genres. That makes it smarter. Uh, if you just blanketly look at it and say, "Yeah, but there's nothing else underneath it," that kind of just defeats the purpose and it doesn't really make it elevated. You have to look at it and say, "Wow, that was smarter than I thought it was." There was this great metaphor involving this ghost that you're using as a as a stand-in for her inability to move on from her husband and it there's a grief pattern pattern here that she's not processing i think that's what makes it an elevated horror film it's not just something that looks like three or four different things meshed together it's something that you've got to bury underneath the surface and it's got to come to the forefront all right. Well, this is not a hill I'm going to die on because, quite honestly, I don't give a fuck. Um, all right, Jared, what do we got? Well, if this was best vampire film of all time, I think Near Dark would make at least the final four of this entire okay. tournament. Um, that being said, The Witch is one of my favorite movies to come out in the last decade. Uh, so I'm going The Witch. All right, Matt? I'll be that guy. I, I, I'm... Staping, I'm staking my claim on Near Dark, pun intended. Here's why. Nice. Okay. I'm gonna double. I'm gonna double down on what Jack said because not only did we have to nominate these movies, we also had to give a list. So enough people supported Near Dark for it to be in this tournament to a degree. Is that vampires up until that point were predominantly one of two things: they were mindless monsters, or they were entirely seductive. It took Near Dark to really make vampires into characters, um, give them different personalities, different distinctions, different desires. And it's elevated because, look, a lot of women weren't directing horror films in the 80s. Hell, a lot of women aren't directing horror films nowadays, at least ones that get, you know, a wide recognition. So I think The Witch is a great movie, but I'm going to say I, I'll watch Near and Dark 10 times before I rewatch The Witch. There you go. Um, so I'm gonna, I'll go with Near Dark. I'll be the one. I'll be the one descender. So now Garrett knows how it feels. <laughs> well, we're not done yet here. We could, you could have some company here. Abid, did I get to you? Because I'm drinking right uh, now. Right? <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. Okay, Brian. 
Well, I, first I gotta say it wouldn't be the horror returns bracket if we didn't have at least one movie where everybody was like, "Why the fuck is that movie on the list?" <laughs> yeah, Lance. But after hearing what Jack had to say, and then what Matt had to say, I'm I'm gonna jump over on your side of the fence, Matt. Yeah, and I'm gonna go to your side. Nice. Persu- persuasion tactics in the house. Well, it's too late to make a comeback. Okay, and then, oh, we got Marcus. Oh, uh, I'm going to go with The Witch. I mean, I I love Near Dark as well. Uh, It's definitely another defining uh, vampire movie that just hits all the right notes and does something, you know, fresh and interesting with the the, the genre. But the the Witch just, it it really does kind of hold that bracket, you know, of what we're all talking about here. Especially when it comes to you know its lighting, its music, production value, cinematography, you know it uh, performances, all that good stuff. So uh, yeah, I'm just gonna go with the witch begrudgingly. Okay. Begrudgingly. Okay. Okay. All right. So the witch takes this this bracket here. We're gonna move on to the Baba Dick and uh, <laughs> the Dark and the Wicked. This is gonna be a hard one. Hopefully, I don't have to vote on this one because it's a hard one for me. But we'll start things off with Don. Oof. Um, damn. <laughs> I, I Baba Duke is a contender for one D on the Mount Rushmore for me. Um, I, I I think it was like the very first one, at least in like the modern sense, where it was like retroactively kind of outfitted as to be like the. the outlier of the genre and like one of the first ones that really kind of started making people aware that there was something else to the genre instead of just like your less standard slasher ghost film or zombie film or whatever else was uh, coming out at that time period i baba dick is always the one that was always like everybody's called this baba dick <laughs> the starting point here where but... did that start jack <laughs> gee i wonder <laughs> But goddamn, uh, Dark and the Wicked is to me. I it, if we were to like rank what I would think of as like what these films are, this to me is like my favorite in the entire style. Um, out of every film on the list, this is the one that I rank the highest. Yeah, the, this is the hardest one. Do I give it to the legacy one or do I give it to the one that I look at as the shining example and my favorite one in this in this entire outcrop? <sighs> I I gotta say, Dark and the Wicked begrudgingly. Um, I I understand the Babadook. I I appreciate it. I it, it has its merits. I I love what it does. It, the film it, it kind of teeters uh, here and there for me. But Dark and the Wicked to me, it I it's my favorite in this entire style. It was the one on the bracket that I looked at then was like, yes, I'm glad we're including it. <sighs> I, I I understand. Way everyone falls on this one, but uh, I'm gonna start off with uh, Dark and the Wicked on this one. Okay. All right, another one of the grieving metaphors there. So, but I um, think it's the one that does it the best, and I'll 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 leave it at that. Okay, wonderful. Uh, let's go to Bead. What do you say? Well, this is an easy one for me because I personally think the Dark and the Wicked is a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> oh, some fighting words right there. It is for me, the Dark and the Wicked feels like a parody of an A24 film. It's a movie that tries so hard to be scary and unsettling that it just comes across as comically bad. And I, I just 
And also, I hated this movie so much that the film's official Twitter account called me out one day. Um, (laughs) It's it's an absolute dreck of a film. Um, So I go with The Babadook because it does everything better than The Dark and the Wicked does. It's It's like it has an iconic creature that is still... The game you mean look it's annoying as fuck. <laughs> no, well that's the thing though. Like I, I can understand people thinking that the kid is annoying, but I think that's purposely how it is because it's a movie that, that like a lot of films on this tournament deals right. with grief, but also the struggles with motherhood. But I think mm-hmm. this film kind of does it extremely well. It has a brilliant performance from the two leads in it. And again, has a memorable creature, and it's just incredibly unnerving as a film. And of course, as an Aussie, I have to go with it because it's an Australian film. But I think of the two, The Babadook, great film, Dark and the Wicked, just a horrible, miserable piece of shit of a film. Wow, this is <laughs> a little personal there. I have a lot of venom against that film. I apologize. <laughs> All right. Gabe, what do you say? Well, I'm biased because I'm Facebook friends with one of the actresses from The Dark and the Wicked. Um, So The Babadook to me was hereditary before hereditary. It's kind of ground zero, I think. And it was the last time that a movie genuinely unnerved me in a a way that I felt very vulnerable uh, to the film. It was absolutely effective and thrilling and emotional. And for that reason, um, I've kind of stayed away from the movie ever since. It was a one-off, um, which I like rewatchability to my movies, but you have to respect the power of that film. Yes, the kid is annoying, and that is obviously deliberate, and it's been kind of driving me crazy that people use that as a con against the movie when it really it speaks to these themes about how ugly the, the grieving process can be, how ugly trauma can be. Um, and the Babadook might be my favorite movie monster of the uh, of the 2010s. So that's that is, you know, a simple choice for me. The Babadook. All right, um, Jack. Uh, yeah, Babadook. It's got to be the Babadook all day. 100% Babadook. <laughs> Short and sweet. Wonderful. Um, Marcus, what do you say? Uh, Babadook is kind of like the ground zero. <laughs> It is. I, I got to agree with that. Um, but I also like support that movie because it really just speaks volumes to something that a lot of people or at least a lot of creators. Well, I'm going to say a lot. I'll say half. Half the creators don't particularly focus on as far as like a, a, a theme, even though it's kind of depicted in a lot of their a lot of their movies. There's no. There's substance to it, but not as much substance as it should be when it comes to that particular topic. And I'm, of course, talking about, you know, grieving and trauma and mental illness. And um, yeah, and then, like I said, like I didn't say that yet, but I'm saying right now, the kid's annoying. Yes, but kids are annoying. (laughs) And everything in that film. That's a fact. (laughs) Is designed to just put forth this scary and terrifying just entity wrapped around something that we as human beings cannot avoid and it's um it really just speaks volumes for just how immense that is especially within you know the, the person feeling it and those around them you know so i i gotta go with the babadook on that one all right well said garrett where do you stand ha <laughs> 
Uh-oh. Garrett doesn't stand. Is Garrett the, la- the last vote on this one? No, we still got Matt and Brian. Oh, no. Uh, we lost We lost Garrett. Garrett we lost, lost Garrett. You made him mad. Okay, oh, he's, he's, he's back. He's back. I'm back. I'm back. Sorry okay. about that. I was, ahead, I was starting to get into robot mode. It was starting to just keep going. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, we don't like that. We've been there before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So this is a pretty easy one for me. Uh, <laughs> I um, the, ba- <laughs> the Baba Duke is one of those movies to me that had that was a slow burn movie that I like, but the conclusion of it was a huge letdown for me. Um, a lot of the that last got the, the giggles. It's over now. Oh boy! I don't know what to tell you guys. <laughs> that, well, once it gets going with that, it's over. I'm just letting everybody know. <laughs> A lot of the praise that people lay on Ty West this year is a, a lot is the same praise I've been laying on Brian Pertino for the last uh, decade and a half. I think he is one of our best horror directors to come along in quite a while. I just rewatched The Dark and the Wicked since it first came out. I watched it, rewatched it a couple of weeks ago. It, man, the, the the scares in that movie just really hold up for me. I love that movie to pieces. I'm and I think I was the one who actually put it in this tournament. So I'm going Dark and the Wicked, easy. I did too. No, I did too. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Matt, where do you stand? So the fact that Garrett nominated The Dark and the Wicked probably explains why I hated it so much. I'm in uh, <laughs> I'm in, B- I'm in BD's camp where I, I spent Woo! the whole duration going, is this someone either trying way too hard to be A24 or did right. A24 just pass this off to a second unit? Uh, whereas The Babadook is one of maybe five movies I've seen in a theater specifically a horror film where I slept with some form of light on in my vicinity. I was living by myself at the time, so uh, it was considerably more frightening. And as a father now of two young boys, I can say 100% that kids are annoying. Yes. Uh, so I'm <laughs> on the mother's side definitively. Um, but yeah, I have to go with the Babadook. I think that would be on my, in this whole tournament, probably top three. All right. Uh Brian, what do you say? It doesn't matter, but let's hear you out anyway. Okay. Um, I, I definitely have to go with the Baba Duke. It's definitely one of the cornerstones in elevated horror. Um, I think uh, Jennifer Kent, when you bring up, uh, we, we someone brought up uh, women uh, directing horror movies. I think her name gets deservedly brought up. Yeah. So I have to go with uh, the Baba Duke. Nice. All right, so the Baba Duke is gonna take this uh, bracket here. Let me write it down here. All right. Um, next, we're gonna head over to one of my favorite movies over the last ten years, The Lighthouse, going against A Girl Walks Home Alone. So we're gonna go in reverse order now. Here, Brian, we'll start with you. Fuck the lighthouse. A girl walks home alone at night. I'm not. I'm not going to say too much about it because we're going to review it here in a couple weeks. But there's so much to that movie that I love. That's Batman versus the Green Goblin. Come on, dude. Fuck that movie. (laughs) That's fucked up. (laughs) All right. I think we know Brian's pick. Okay. So now let's go to Matt. God, I hear so much of fuck X that I'm expecting the Iron Cheek to appear on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I am 100% going to go with The Lighthouse. I feel about The Lighthouse the way a lot of people felt about The Witch, where I was like its biggest champion for at least the six months where nobody could watch it in my vicinity. 
And I was always telling people to go watch it, go to the theater, go see it. Don't watch any trailers. And I think it's elevated also by being in black and white alone. I think that kind of, you know, people can argue is that adding some pretentiousness to it. But I think it makes it actually that much more unsettling because everything is so drab to begin with when you look at the production design and you look at just how gross everything looks like everything feels so lived in that i would probably put the lighthouse i think that's my favorite in this entire tournament Uh, or it's number two i think there's one other one that i could argue is my favorite but i can't champion this one hard enough so the lighthouse okay wonderful garrett what do you what do you say well, I want to go with the lighthouse too. Just, and I'm pretty sure I would have gone with it otherwise. But I haven't seen. I gotta admit, I haven't seen a girl walks home alone. So, but other than uh, everything that Matt says, though, I, I completely uh, co-sign. It's just, it's. I I love that movie. I, I just love the way it builds. I just love. I love the atmosphere of it. It's so well done. So the lighthouse. Okay, Marcus. Well, uh, the lighthouse is. Well, it's one of those films that you come across every once in a while Well, where you can't help but to just want to continuously interact with it in some kind of way, whether it be yes. like watch it or talk about it or write about it or, or be about any, any anything about it, you are on board. And The Lighthouse is definitely uh, one of those films for me, just bleakly beautiful, uh, just uh, a descent into just righteous black and white uh purgatory uh performances are great the imagery is great everything about it is just as artistic in presentation but also hugely intellectual as a film can be it it deserves all this praise it's it's accolades and and wildly enough it's still fairly underrated like a, a lot of people still haven't really heard of this movie and Every time you, because I definitely recommend it. I recommend it to everybody. Um, I tell everybody to you know watch the lighthouse, watch the lighthouse. So it's because uh, <laughs> it's it's one of those films that needs to be and should be talked about like all the time. So um, it's just one of those movies, and I, uh, I I love it. So yeah, I'm going with the lighthouse. All right, Jack, what do you say? Uh, I'm also the lighthouse. Um, uh, yeah, just a great theatrical experience uh unique kind of subversive um yeah not much beyond that i i just i like that movie a lot more than a girl walks home um i've rewatched the lighthouse a couple of times i haven't done that with the other movie um and yeah you know what let's also credit this movie for uh you know, maybe being part of the reason that Robert Pattinson is uh, is Batman right now. So I'll uh, I'll take that all day. I, I think that's a huge reason for sure. You know, getting out of that that kind of like that teen heartthrob mode that he was in, going into a more serious actor. <laughs> right. For sure. Um, Gabe, what do you say? Yeah, I dig the lighthouse. Um, I dig it for a lot of the reasons that people have laid out. Um, Two really fantastic performances, uh, especially Willem Dafoe, a really great claustrophobic setting, really um, both serene and haunting cinematography. But something about A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night really clicked with me. And it's a movie that I didn't expect much from, uh, as opposed to The Lighthouse, which was a very hyped thing if you you were in that A24 sort of uh, circle. 
but A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, it has this great subversive idea at the heart of it and the way it's just fleshed out with so much rich detail both in, in characters and in this world of this kind of parallel universe uh, version of Iran where um, I, I guess the Ayatollah doesn't rule over. It, it almost felt like a graphic novel or a comic book. I think it might have actually started out that way. And um, it is a vampire movie that it definitely does have um, claimed to be at a like a real elevated uh, horror film. I think it's a really undersung film in the genre. So I'm going to go with that. The girl walks home alone at night. All right, here we go. Um, Bede, what do you say? Yeah, um, I definitely really enjoyed a girl walks home alone at night, but I'm definitely giving the edge to the lighthouse. Like it, like everyone's already said already, it's an incredibly atmospheric film. It's visually stylish. The performances from both Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe are fantastic. And it's definitely a movie, like, even if you've only ever seen it once, it just lingers with you long after you've seen it. So I'm definitely giving my vote for this one. All right, and Don, not that it matters, but I still want to hear your opinion on this particular bracket. Yeah, I'm going to be that guy. I don't consider the lighthouse horror, so I'm going Girl Walks Home Alone at night. <laughs> what are you talking about? Come on, man. I'm, I'm going to push the buzzer on you on this one because <laughs> no, everything about the lighthouse is creepy as fuck. It's, it's atmospheric. It's atmospheric, it's- but I don't consider it horror. Uh, I don't consider it psycho- that type of psychological horror. <laughs> to Why me, it's not scared? a horror film. I, I don't consider that horror movie, so I'm going Girl Walks Home. All right. Okay. Fair enough. Well, well, the lighthouse won anyway, so. All right. <laughs> there yeah, is that. Right? Yeah, it's all right. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't last a day in that fucking lighthouse. I'll be honest with you. I just couldn't. So it's scary enough for me. Um, next, is this is an interesting matchup here because, again, we, we're talking about the parameters of, you know, uh, th- this kind of topic that we're talking about, elevated horror. We got the exorcist against the silence of the lambs. So that's gonna be interesting. So we'll start with Don. We'll go in reverse order again. Don, well, what do you what do you say? The Exorcist versus the Silence of the Lambs. Oof, this is tough. Um, I I can make a case that Exorcist is probably the poster child for this, or uh, not poster child, but like the starting point for like elevated horror. Um, uh, there, there's a case to be made for that. Uh, Silence of the Lambs is kind of on the outskirts. It was one that I, I appreciate where it comes from, and, and I, I do really like it, but it was always another one that was like, I had to w- rewatch it to figure out where it f- falls on the genre. But uh, at the end of the day, I, I'm still going Exorcist. All right, once for The Exorcist. All right, Bede, what, what do you say? Uh, I'm just going to say this right now before I give my vote. Lance, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> These were two of my picks, and you decided to put them together. <laughs> well, it happens. It's random. It does. It's random. It is we, true. We that is true. But um, there you go. This, this is a hard one because both of these movies are definitely kind of the precursor of the elevated horror genre because you got The Silence of the Lambs, which is still to this very day the only horror film to have won Best Picture at the Oscars. It's a classic of classics. Uh, and it's also like a lot of films. It's a movie when it came out, even though everyone involved with the making of it, including its director, Jonathan Demi, had said multiple times that it is a horror film. Everyone in the lead up, you know, when it came out and also its Oscar success, kept referring to it as a thriller. So basically that's yes. kind of like the early yes. indication of it, like the elevated horror movement. But then again, you have The Exorcist, which was the first horror film 
to be nominated for Best Picture. But also, it is the precursor to what we know as elevated horror today, because at least a good hour of that movie is basically it's a drama with subtle supernatural things, and then eventually it becomes full-blown horror. And then every other horror film that's in this tournament, since its release, would have been inspired by that film. Or even, you know, Rock... Ari Aster, Robert Eggers, and all, sure. and all these other filmmakers would have been have said multiple times that their film uh, was inspired by The Exodus, or had a, you know, they make comparisons to it. So, if I had to choose for myself, um, <laughs> as much as The Silence of the Lambs is my one of my all time favorites, I, if I'm going by which has had the more impact between the two, it's going to be The Exorcist, begrudgingly. Okay, The Exorcist. Trying to pick your favorite kids. I don't know if you have kids or do you, I don't know if you do have kids or not, but whatever. As long as it's not the kid in the Babadook. <laughs> <laughs> so next we go to Gabe. What say you? Smart, yeah, smart I mean, these are two uh, powerhouse movies. Um, and uh, this seems like a very classic question, not just with an elevated horror, but horror in general, like, you know, comparing to the greatest entries of that genre. Um, Silence of the Lambs is... Uh, it's always been a film that I've felt very distanced from personally. I, I admire that movie a lot. I admire the direction, um, the performances, although I think uh, Anthony Hopkins feels more like a James Bond villain to me than any sort of a cannibal or serial killer. But I get that's part of the appeal. Um, no, The Exorcist, that, that movie hits a raw nerve for me. Um, and I think a lot of what I said about the Babadook, you can you can you know, put it on the exorcist. Um, and in addition, you got some iconic characters to me. Uh, Father Karras is one of the most underrated, um, protagonists in horror history. And you got Ellen Burstein, Max von Sydow. I just, uh, like when I picture the word classic, I think of the exorcist. So I got to give it to that. The exorcist. All right. The exorcist, another one. Okay. Jack. Yeah, impossible fucking decision, Lance. Go fuck yourself, um, first <laughs> off. He's taking a lot of those today, which is uh, Unbelievable, unbelievable. It's going to be titled, Everybody Hates Lance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. Silence of the Lambs, to me, feels more subversive. Like, it feels more specifically trying to be what it is, but, like, hide the elements of what it's doing. I mean, there's a, there's a scene where a guy fucking like blows a load and throws it on a woman, you know, but it's this, this movie won best picture, you know, there's a, there's like a Gothic dungeon in the movie. A guy wears another guy's face at one point. There's a, somebody who, who seems to be, have like gender confusion. Like there's, there's a lot of like very high concept ideas and, and, and like metaphors in a movie that has a real, a, a lot of like rawness and ugliness. Um, and I feel like that's, that's that elevated thing. Yeah. They're both classics. Like, to me, these are both 10 on 10s. They're movies that I've rewatched endlessly, but I think Silence of the Lambs feels more like what elevated horror is right now, even though I do agree that Exorcist is probably, you know, ground zero for what this started as, or, like, what A24 is aiming for whenever they make a movie like this. Sure. So, Silence of the Lambs for me. All right. Silence of the Lambs. Okay. Marcus. I mean, uh, they're both just complete, you know, masterful works when it comes to this genre in, in a lot of ways. And they've both done a significant amount of just, you know, raising the bar of what 
you know, horror movies can be and what they are today. And without either one of them, I don't think we would be where we are today when it comes to content. Or if we were, it would be a bit more distinctive than it is now. So, uh, I mean, I I have more of an experience with The Exorcist uh, than Silence of the Lambs, even though I love Silence of the Lambs. I still remember when the director's cut for it, The Exorcist came out in theaters. Yeah. And that was probably one of the best theater experiences I've ever had. Not because it's a great movie, but because it, 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 it still shocked a majority of people in the theater uh, who half of them have probably already seen it. And even just, you know, revisiting it still, you know, sends a chill down your spine. It still is very unsettling and, you know, just just completely like gut wrenching and in in a lot of ways. So it's uh, even after all these years, it still holds a power over us as, you know, movie lovers and critics and, you know, the trends and, you know, elevated horror and everything like that. And it's a. Uh, it's a it's a pinnacle of of, of storytelling. So uh, I got to go with The Exorcist. All right. Um, next we go to Garrett. Yeah. When I looked at these brackets earlier today at work, I was like, Oh my god! I knew this was going to be the hardest decision yet. Uh, this entire uh, set of brackets here. Um, look, The Exorcist has a power to it that is just if you go. There were stories when that movie had come out that, you know, people were running out screaming and throwing up and whatnot and leaving the theater. And that is a power you cannot you cannot define. And it, like people said, it was made it was, it was nominated for Best Picture. But Jack laid out exactly what I was going to say about the Silence of the Lambs. And that Silence of the Lambs came out post post slasher subgenre of horror. People were not talking about horror. People did not like horror. But people had to admit that this was a horror film. And uh, I think that is the sheer definition of what we're talking about today when you talk about elevated horror. You had big movie stars. You had a big director. And the thing won Best Picture. And uh, Silence of the Lambs, both of these, God, are in my top ten favorites of all time. But Silence of the Lambs, that just it out for me just because of what we're talking about today, the subgenre we're talking about today. It's the definition of it. So Silence of the Lambs for me. All right, Matt? So the impossible question for me was choosing which is the better movie, because I think that question is a wash. So I had to come up with my own internal tiebreaker. And I had two factors, ironically. Number one, a lot of us agree that Silence of the Lambs, the vast majority would call it a horror film, but you do have a certain populace that lean more towards the thriller. I think with The Exorcist, that is undisputed a horror movie first and foremost. Sure. Yeah. And, And secondly... When I look at Silence of the Lambs, that template, it may be the best of that genre. You know, the serial killer chasing a killer, using a killer to find a killer. You know, we've had stuff like Mindhunter come out since Silence of the Lambs, not Manhunter, for those of you who are listening. Um, I think we have yet to have a exorcist movie, a possession movie that has come close to capturing the provocative nature of the exorcist 50 years later oh oh just wait for david gordon green to get a hold of it well oh, for the no. record we're going to talk about that <laughs> yeah here. we are covering that yeah. you know the 50 year anniversaries this year so garrett and i are doing that as a retrospective so way to show your fucking head garrett with your 10 out of 10 score <laughs> uh, but for those reasons you know i i will give this to the exorcist uh, but it's All a right. very close call 
Uh, and Brian. The Exorcist, it's that it's one of those movies that sets the bar, not just for elevated horror, religious horror, just movies in general. It's it's one of the greatest movies ever. But I think for this subject of elevated horror, this ever changing definition, <laughs> I feel like every round, I think Silence of the Lambs is going to get my vote. Okay. Regardless, The Exorcist moves on. So. Uh, speaking of controversial, the next matchup, we might get the buzzer ready because uh, we got. It's gonna go right back to that whole foreign horror thing I brought up earlier, which is you know it's just different artistic sensibilities for those particular filmmakers. Does that make it elevator horror? We'll see right now. We got Martyrs, the original, not the Katie Holmes ones that came out like what like two years ago. <laughs> I, I think I think Katie Holmes was in it. I, I remember uh, Naomi Watts. <laughs> oh, Naomi Watts. Yeah. Wait, wait, for wait, which one? Wait, she's in all the remakes. For the Martyrs remake. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know who's in that one. <laughs> and it's going up against uh, another movie that just recently got remade, Goodnight Mommy, the original. <laughs> <laughs> There's, there, there she is, Brian. <laughs> yeah. I got, I got confused. So um, we'll start with Jack on this one. Um... I lean Martyrs on this. I think that Martyrs is was a really tough movie for me to watch. I actually watched it a couple of years ago. I was doing a 365 movie a year challenge. And that came up and was one of those that I watched it. And I, you know, I, I kind of, I had an idea for what I was in for. I heard it was a very extreme movie, but I had no anticipation of like the message of that movie which i thought was fascinating and, and like really deep and nihilistic kind of in like the lars von trier vein of things but weirdly this movie felt like it had more to say and and was darkly optimistic and i just i didn't expect that from this movie um and optimistic (laughs) yeah like it's it's fucked up and it's got a brutal ending and a brutal story but there's something about it too that that i don't know but i'm I'm going martyrs i think it fits with the conversation we've been trying to like kind of wade our way through this whole night i think it belongs (laughs) in this genre and I think it's it's a it's a pretty strong candidate for that, even if it would also qualify for a different section of horror. So. Or the vulgar, uh, what was it, Gabe? Vulgar auteur? What the yeah, vulgar the... auteur. Yes, you know? yes. Um, anyways, Gabe, since we have you, well, what do you say? Yeah, um, I was wrestling with the question of is Martyrs uh, elevated because it is, I mean, it's deep. Um, yeah. But... I think more people think of it as torture porn, and I've never heard those two subgenres being overlapped at all. But, <laughs> but that might be the power of martyrs. I mean, for as disturbing as it is, um, it's a potent movie. It's a powerful fucking movie. Um, it's deeply unsettling uh, and traumatizing. But like Jack said, uh, it's not a Lars von Trier thing. It like goes beyond that and actually tries to look beyond the darkness uh which is the only reason why i would even entertain watching it so i think it's got it's way too much of a beast for me to for me to not give it the point in this matchup so i have to give it some martyrs all right and thank you for taking off your astros hat by the way because uh i'm a doctor over here i'll get it (laughs) i'll get it out (laughs) (laughs) okay go find mine (laughs) uh what do you say 
Well, I think if anyone who has followed me over the years would know that I am not a fan of Martyrs, I think the movie's a bit of a mess, and I don't think it's as deep as or intelligent as it thinks it is. And it's definitely what it well, it's definitely more of a French ext- a French extremity film than elevated horror. But it's okay. a movie that thinks it's elevated horror, hence right. you know the why I think it's not as clever as it thinks it is. Uh, Good night, mommy. I the ending is very predictable because I completely saw that one coming. But I found that one far more engaging because of the performances. Uh, it's very well made and it's very unsettling. And to me, I think it's just the better overall movie. So yeah, I'm going with Good Night, Mommy on this one. All right, Garrett. Good night, mommy or Martyrs. Yeah, Martyrs is. Uh... Again, as Jack laid out, it's it's a real experience watching that movie, and it's another one of those, the less you know, the better. Uh, Good Night, Mommy was the exact opposite of the Babadook for me, where I had a nice payoff and it had two non-annoying kids. Um, so <laughs> I'm going Good Night, Mommy by, by, a, by, a, by a hair, but it is Good Night, Mommy for me. All right. We're I'm, I nominated this one, so I got to go with it. <laughs> All right. Uh, Marcus. Um, I accidentally recommended this movie to... Uh, a few of my friends, and we all kind of watched it together. I had never like, seen it before. Yeah, Martyrs. Yeah, sorry. I should have just said that first. But yeah. And um, it was one of those experiences where everyone pretty much hated me afterwards. So, <laughs> and didn't want me to ever pick anything ever again, and didn't want yes. me to do anything with them ever again. And I, and not even because the movie is as bold and striking and very unpleasant as it is, but because I was the only one who was happy about it. Because for me, I was watching a film that very uncompromising, very untethered, and just completely just like punch you in your face kind of horror that just... Uh, it is what I was looking for at the time, but everybody else detested. So, you know, Martyrs, uh, despite its uh, unpleasant subject matter, uh, will always have another special place in my heart. So I'm going with Martyrs. All right. Three to two. Matt, where, where do you stand? I'll get my fuck X out of the way now. Fuck Martyrs. I hate that movie. <laughs> ounce of right. being. So I will go with Goodnight Mommy. Uh, by default. All right, we're tied up again. Don, break this tie. Yeah, I'm going Martyrs. Um, Goodnight Mommy is fun. Um, I, I I agree. Uh, even though the twist is kind of obvious, it, it's still really pretty fun to get there. But Martyrs, to, to me, is one of the the cornerstones of uh, the early hallmarks of the genre. Um, one of those that you can retroactively put it in there. And uh, overall, I, I think it's a better made movie, despite what B thinks. So I'm going Martyrs. All right. And Brian? Uh, I'm going to have to go with the one that stuck with me the most, and that was Martyrs. Just just everything that happened in that movie and then that ending. I, I think when we reviewed it, we all kind of had different interpretations of what, what the ending meant and what, what was going on in the movie. So I have to go Martyrs. All right, good. So Martyrs moves on. We're down to uh, two more matchups here. So the next matchup is the Nightingale versus a complete. This is, uh, what is it? One cut of the dead. Oh. So, <laughs> so Matt, we'll start uh, with you for the for this round. For different reasons. <laughs> Matt, the Nightingale or or one cut of the dead. 
I thought one cut of the dead was a couple tweaks away from being great. Uh, there's a few issues I have with the way that film was plotted. So I'm going to go with the Nightingale. That was a very pleasant surprise. And I'm glad someone advocated for it to be on this list. I don't know who that was, but I think he's sitting in this room with me. <laughs> All right. The Nightingale was a pleasant surprise. Matt Goudreau. Yeah. just want to make sure I heard that correctly. <laughs> That's good. All right, Jack, what do you say? Uh, one Cut of the Dead, uh, just because I like movies that I actually uh, get to have a good time with. So I'm going to go with that one. Okay, Marcus? Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to go with The Nightingale on this one. It's uh, another supremely like dark and grisly meditation on what humanity is capable of. And uh, it's so real in its horror that it's uh it definitely hits you on a lot of different levels a lot of distinct levels and uh i remember it all parts of it to this day it's definitely not the type of film you ever watch more than once but it's definitely the kind of film that will kind of definitely stick with you and um if we're you know talking about you know higher or elevated horror you know it, it's definitely got to be the ones that 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 stick with you in some kind of way uh right and oh, that's yeah. definitely one of them so all right garrett man the nightingale's a rough watch <laughs> it is a rough watch that being said it sticks with you and one cut of the dead it's the <laughs> probably one of the more as jack said one of the more fun movies on this list but the nightingale it I, I remember I saw that opening weekend and it I was talking about it for weeks after. Um, I, I really, really enjoyed that film. And I'm scared of America remakes it because the themes that are explored in that movie are just like untouchable. I, I love The Nightingale. So that's All that right. one for me. The Nightingale. OK, Gabe, where are you? Where do you stand on this? Yeah, another Jennifer Kent movie, The Nightingale. I was a. Uh, big admirer of that movie and i am glad to see it represented here it's one of the few uh, movies on this list to truly embrace on-screen violence but also not glorify it um it's kind of like martyr martyrs in that way for me how extreme it gets but i think it's even more profound than martyrs i think it uh, really explores a lot of fascinating ideas but also great uh like dynamics and relationships i think the relationship between our two like sort of dual protagonist, the woman and the and the man who sort of escorts her to her revenge. Um, that's the thing that actually stuck with me uh, even more than than a lot of the traumatic things that are put on screen. And when I think of elevated horror, I don't just think of like the horrific things that happen. I think of the humanity that you can find uh, after after you parse through all the violence. And I think the Nightingale has to win on the, on those merits. All right, so another one for the Nightingale. B, where do you stand? Yeah, I think as much as I do love One Cut of the Dead because it's hilarious and brilliant and clever, um, it's definitely the nightingale for me because as an Aussie, this film definitely hit me a lot more uh, because of what it what it does with its story about, you know, how based on genocide, colonialism, and knowing my history in Australia, it de- like I say, it just hit me a lot more. And especially with the fact that because the film is set in Tasmania and if knowing my history because basically a lot of indigenous australian tribes were basically wiped out in tasmania because of uh british soldiers so this film definitely showcases the real real horror 
like I guess some could make the argument it's not a full-blown horror film but I think the fact that it deals with actual real horrific events definitely classifies it as a horror film for me on it in a different way so but it, it's a horror film through and through and it's just brilliantly well made by Jennifer Kent so that's the one I'm voting for all right wonderful and Brian uh, I have to go. Also, go with the Nightingale. Uh, the situations that happen in a movie are not ones that I care to rewatch in in certain movies. But I think it was a, a definitely a good follow up for Jennifer Kent. And I'm not a big fan of One Cut of the Dead. I I, I probably do need to rewatch it, but I just knowing off the the first time watching it, I just was not a fan of it. So the the Nightingale. Okay, so the Nightingale moves on. And did, we uh, are. Don vote? Oh. It doesn't matter. I'm, I was night going. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Don. Okay. I'm drinking and I'm buzzing. So I'm sorry. It's, <laughs> it's, it's on me. Um, so we're going to move on to our final match here in the first round. Uh, we're gonna, the films are A Dark Song and Mother with an exclamation point there. Um, so we'll start with you, Don. Uh, what do you think of, of this matchup? <laughs> There's two films on this list that I want to fire into the sun. I cannot... It's Vance's fault. No, it's both of these films' fault for enraging me so much. Um, oh. I, I fucking hate both of these movies. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I, I, I hate these films with a fury that would level an entire solar system if I was to ever unleash my full thoughts on them. Uh, that oh, I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> shit. Uh, Write essays on them. I've tried. Uh, I, I, I just I don't have the finger strength. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Broken too many phones. <laughs> mother infuriated me less. I'm going with that one. All right. One for Mother. B, are you as upset at these films as, as Don is? Actually, no, I'm not. Um, <laughs> I, I like the fact that a dark song is on here, but I actually think it's a bit underrated that film personally but if i had to choose between both of them i'm definitely going with mother because it got such a visceral reaction out of me when i first watched it and you know darren aronofsky he's a very divisive filmmaker but i like the fact that he is because you know he he just he i always get something out of his films every time i watch him so it's definitely mother for me in this round okay two for mother here uh gabe Oh, Darren Aronofsky. Um, yeah, that movie did provoke an emotion out of me, and that emotion was being annoyed um, just throughout <laughs> the entire one time, just really not enjoying my experience. Uh, a Dark Song, uh, which was my pick, um, I do think it's underrated, and uh, it dealt with that grieving process in a much more interesting way than I think a lot of uh, bigger elevated movies do. I think there's a, a lot of toxicity and a lot of um, manipulation that's explored, but I also think that there is uh, a sincerity that this movie wears on its sleeve about just how much it uh, believes sort of in in its own mission statement of what if we could communicate with the dead? What if we could bring people back? I don't know. It was a really fascinating watch for me, and I, I just want to, you know, champion an underdog. So, yeah, uh, a dark song. All right. Jack? Yeah, I'm, I'm a big Aronofsky fan. Um, Mother is a wild movie. Um, I really liked the ride 
and I did like it more than a dark song. So it's mother for me. Uh, one of the one of the more fun theatrical experiences I can remember. Um, I think it was yeah, not that the theater was full, but I, I think it was pretty much 50-50 split from people who were there. You know, there were a bunch of like elderly folks who somehow sat through the whole movie and, and just like <laughs> loudly complained all like walking all the way down the ramp. Just, I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know what's wrong with people. You know, that kind of thing. And then, uh, you know, me and, and a couple other people just like, yeah, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty fucking nuts. Pretty fucking nuts. So I don't know. Mother for me. I, uh, I like it. All right, Marcus. Movie. What did we just watch it? <laughs> yeah. As they go to find some tapioca somewhere at eight thirty at night, you know, it's that kind of thing. <laughs> Marcus, we really went there. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I even though I don't think it's you know Aronofsky's you know strongest film, um, I'll have to go with Mother as well. Uh, Dark Song is 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 good, but I, Mother was just such a. I don't even even now I don't really know what the fuck it was, but it was, it was it was still something that you I was invested in and it it kept my eye on the screen like at everything at all times and even though I don't have as much fun analyzing that movie as you know some of the other picks we have here it still is again something that really st- stuck with me so yeah I'm gonna go with Mother I'm sure there's plenty of you know three hour YouTube. Uh, video essays on that movie, so people don't understand what's going on. They're all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Garrett. I'm not a big fan of Aronofsky. I'm not a big fan of Dark Song, so this was a weird choice for me. Um, I will say, though, the conversations that Mother started, very rarely has a movie hit like that, where you had people who either really dug it or really hated it. A Dark Song's fine, but it didn't really leave that much of an impression on me when I watched it. And so I'm going to go, much to my own chagrin, I'm going to go ahead and go Mother. Just because, man, the visceral reaction that people have to that movie is something that I will always freely endorse. All right, Matthew? See, you know I'm buzzing because I said Matthew now. I wasn't been Matt the whole time, but now I'm saying Matthew. So, either or, it works. I think. Yeah, they, they both work, um, which is more than I can say for either of these movies. I, <laughs> I, I don't like either one. And Darren Aronofsky reminds me of that. So much hate, man. Yeah, I'm just seething with anger tonight. I don't know why. But the Darren Aronofsky is that kid in class who's like, I know I should be upset about something. But I yep. don't know exactly what, so I'm just going to be very loud to illustrate my point. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And I feel like he has something against me personally because he's only made one <laughs> movie I've liked, and everything else I have just. What was that, Noah? No, uh, no, The Wrestler is the only movie of his okay. I really like. Randy uh, the Rat. The Wrestler, and you know, I thought The Fountain was a glorified Skittles commercial, <laughs> uh, on top of some other things. And I can't believe the whale is getting all this, all these good reviews because I think it's a steaming pile of garbage. But uh, I will go with the dark song because Mother. I was one of those people who, I think I called Garrett after it was done. Not that we reviewed it, but I just needed someone to rant to because I saw it by myself. Nobody else was in the theater because I went to like a ten o'clock showing, and I didn't drag my, I didn't drag Christian to go see it because 
I explained what it was about. He's like, that sounds so fucking dumb. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you should have seen the movie. <laughs> so I'm going, I'm going with the dark song. Uh, me and Aronofsky don't get along. We, it was We had a good one night together. It was fun while it lasted. And then after that, he kept writing me, and I just throw them in the fire when I get his postcards. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brian. I'm gonna have to go with dark, a dark song. Um, uh, just that one stuck with me a lot more. The mother. Uh, the, I, I thought uh, certain things just kind of stuck out to me. The subject matter, the the atmosphere, the the score kind of just gave me a, an eerie vibe. And mother, it was something to talk about. But after we did our review on it, like what five six years ago, I haven't talked or seen that movie since then. So I have to go with a dark song. Do we have a tie? I think so. Does this one come down to Pedro? I had Mother winning by one. Oh. Okay. But I are we one. are we sure? Let Let's be sure. This is important. Um, is it? it? We only. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Might as well move on to the next round, right? Okay, Mother. We got Mother winning. All right, Mother gets it. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna go back to round to the first side of the bracket for round two. And put Suspiria against Psycho. Uh, Bede, you want to start us out? I'm just going to be short and sweet with this one. I I think the Suspiria remake is great, but I mean it's Psycho. It, that's going to be my pick. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Gabe. Sorry about that. Was eating. Um, oh no worries. I'm yeah. Fine. Short and sweet. I'll just say leave it at that. Nice. All <laughs> right. Two for Psycho. Oh, I thought he was uh, going for Suspiria. No? <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> Jack, what do you think? Uh, I just don't think Psycho is elevated horror, so Suspiria. All right. Now it's a battle. Um, Marcus. Uh, yeah, still Psycho all the way. I mean, Suspiria is good, but Psycho is better. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Garrett. Yeah, gotta go with Psycho with this. Um, again, Suspiria explains different themes. I respect it for what it is, but Psycho is just the better all-around horror film for me. Okay, Matt. I'm going with Suspiria 2018. Okay. Of course you are. Here. <laughs> Don, what do you think? Yeah, uh, I, I I gotta go psycho. Um, I, I think that's just the better film all around. Okay, and Brian, psycho for the win. Psycho for the <laughs> win. <laughs> all right, uh, the next one is gonna be The Shining versus Get Out. Mm, an interesting one. Uh, Brian, we'll start with you this time. Uh, I'll stick with the, who I went with in the first round. Let's get out. Ooh, okay. Uh, Don. Fuck the Shining. Go and let's get out. <laughs> oh, Should have expected that. <laughs> uh, Matt. Damn, this is a hard one. I think... Hmm. I'm going to go with the Shining. Very close. Okay. I figured it'd be a close one. Garrett. Why do you people keep making me vote for the goddamn Shining? I'm going Shining. 
Marcus. Uh, yeah, uh, Shining is a classic, but I gotta go with Get Out. It's all day for me. Okay. Uh, Jack. Uh, yeah, Get Out. Get Out is elevated horror. I don't think that The Shining is. No? I love The Shining. Don't think it's elevated horror. Okay. They walked up steps during the climax. That makes it elevated. <laughs> Get this there man out of here. Get him out of here. There's an elevator, no, elevator <laughs> with blood gushing out of it. elevator horror. That's the only one with an elevator in it. Uh, <laughs> Gabe. I think Jack Nicholson's performance elevates it to comedic heights. Um, I think <laughs> when when people talk about elevated horror, they are still picturing Get Out over uh, The Shining for sure. So get out your answer? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and B. This is an interesting one for me because between the two, it's a tough one because I'm going by which has kind of had the more impact in terms of elevated horror. So The Shining, when it came out, had more of a mixed reception. It didn't get more love as until time went on. But Get Out pretty much just immediately got that right away and pretty much as... You know, like everyone's already said, it's or I would say it's kind of more elevated horror because of that. So yeah, I'm going with Get Out on this one. Get Out takes it. All right. Okay. Uh this one could be good. Hereditary versus It Follows. Um, Garrett. Yeah, I'll go with Hereditary on this, and because I'm not a fan of It Follows, as I said earlier. So. Right. <laughs> Um, Brian. Uh, I have to go with the guy that coined the term for elevated horror, Ari Aster's Hereditary. Maybe not such a battle as I thought. Don. Hereditary. Uh, Matthew. It follows. It follows. There's one. Marcus. Uh, yeah. Uh, love, uh, It Follows, but Hereditary all the way for me, too. Uh, Gabe? I might have to end up voting for her in the later round, but not this round. It follows. Okay. <laughs> Can we make a come from behind victory here? Marcus? Oh, I already, I already said mine. I said her oh. My bad. I, knew, I saw that. I've got it. Jack is what I meant. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Hereditary. Uh, I just enjoy it a lot more than it follows, and I've I've seen it more than that. Uh, and Bead. It follows is a really great film, but Hereditary is a masterpiece, so it's Hereditary for me. I agree. Okay. All right. Hereditary takes it. And Antichrist versus Under the Skin. Uh, Marcus. You know, both of those movies made me equally uncomfortable, but, uh, again, I know that was the goal. Uh, I just, uh, I suppose I gotta, I gotta give it to, uh, Antichrist. Oh, but, but very, very slim, you know, by a hair on that one. By a hair on some mutilated, mutilated balls. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Garrett. I will go with Under the Skin with this one. Okay. 
Uh, Gabe. Well, you know my fuck Lars von Trier policy, so I gotta go with under the skin. <laughs> That's fair. Um, Brian. Uh, under the skin, get Antichrist out of there. <laughs> <laughs> That's winning so far. Don. Under the skin. Okay. Uh, Matthew. Antichrist. Mm-hmm. Pete? Uh, under the skin, for sure. And Jack? Under the skin. Creepier, under I think. Takes it by a wide margin. Okay. And we'll move on to the second side here. We've got the Night House versus the Witch. Uh, Jack, what do you think? Uh, the Witch. Easy. Easy. Okay. Uh, Gabe? Um, I'm not going to vote for the film I like more. I'm going to vote for the one that helped define the movement as far as it can be defined. So, yeah, I'll, I'll say the Witch. Okay. Uh, Matt. The Witch. Garrett? Anya Taylor-Joy for the win. The Witch. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> as the guy who doesn't like new mutants. Uh, she yep. is beautifully strange-looking, isn't she? Um, Don. Witch. The Witch. Brian. The Witch. Landslide, almost. Marcus. Oh, the witch. Yes, so. Beat? Yep, the witch. All right. Wow. Was that a sweet? Unanimous. <laughs> the witch wins that one. Okay. Now we've got the Bobadick versus <laughs> the light Versus the lighthouse. Ooh, this could be a tough one. Is it, though? Uh, Jack, let's go with you first. Uh, well, I mean, one of these movies has a Batman in it and the other doesn't, so The Lighthouse. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I didn't expect that rationale, but I'll take it. Easy decision. (laughs) Bede. Oh, this is a tough one. I love both these movies, but if I had to give the bit of an edge, I'll definitely go with The Lighthouse. Okay. From the Aussie himself. Uh, Matthew. I'm going to give this split decision, because I just saw Creed 3 last night, to the lighthouse. <laughs> go, to the, go with the lighthouse. Go with the lighthouse, okay. Uh, Garrett. Yeah, atmosphere over the annoying kid. I'll go with the, I'll go with, uh, the lighthouse. <laughs> Fly to my house. You can experience that movie firsthand times two. It gets better and then worse. <laughs> uh, Don. Duke. There's one. Brian? Uh, my feelings haven't changed about the lighthouse, so uh, give me the annoying kid. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Coming from behind, maybe. Huh, Marcus. Uh, yeah, I uh, I love them both, but I've done so much more with the lighthouse than the Babadook. So yeah, I'm sticking with the lighthouse. Lighthouse and Gabe. I'm sticking with the Babadook. I should have asked you first. Oh well. 
still lost. <laughs> <laughs> the lighthouse takes it. Lighthouse, lighthouse, okay. So Bobby Eggers is gonna uh, monopolize himself in the next round. He's got two movies. Yeah, ah, that's right. They're gonna meet uh, each other. I'm but surprised that Midsummer didn't make it on this. Midsummer, yes. Oh, oh sorry. No, 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 no. Finish Midsummer. I was being sarcastic. Don't worry. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Uh, but this time, we're going Exorcist versus Martyrs. I would think it would be easy, but we'll see. Uh, Gabe. Oh, yeah, it's easy. The Exorcist. Okay. Uh, B. Well, I'm voting for the film that's on my shirt right now, The Exorcist. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Best horror movie of all time. Garrett. The power of Christ compels the exorcist to move on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Marcus. Yeah, uh, Martyrs is still, you know, pretty intense, but you can never go wrong with the classics. So, yeah, exorcist. All right. And Garrett. I already went. You did already go. Jack, I mean. I wrote my name down wrong here. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, Exorcist. There's there's no argument here. Okay. Uh, Matt. I mean, I'm wearing a prop from the movie, so I have to say The Exorcist. There it is. <laughs> uh, Don. I love murders, but it's Exorcist. And Brian. Hands down, The Exorcist. All right. Another clean sweep. Martyrs <laughs> is out of there. We're excusing the gross ones. <laughs> Slowly but surely. <laughs> um, Alright, let's do uh, The Nightingale versus Mother. Uh, Bede. Australia all the way. It's The Nightingale for me. Nightingale. Uh, Gabe. The Nightingale, through and through. If I need to be trauma dumped, I'd rather have it be by Jennifer Kent and not Darren Aronofsky, I guess. <laughs> uh, Jack. Um, mother. Mother. More more wild movie. I'm going, going with that. Uh, Marcus. <clears throat> yeah, I mean... I know what the Nightingale is. I still don't know what Mother is, and I'd rather <laughs> examine Nightingale. So, Nightingale it is. All right, Garrett. I think the fact that no one knows what Mother's it, Mother is is what makes it so compelling to me. I'll, I'll go with Mother. Oh, look at that! I don't think Darren Aronofsky knows what Mother is. But, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you knew what it was going into it, it might help. Does you know what obesity is? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Matthew. The Nightingale. Nightingale. Uh, Don. Nightingale. All right. And Brian. The Nightingale. All right. Nightingale takes that one by a lot. Uh, wow. Getting down to the nitty gritty now. We're getting down to it. Pedro, you want to take over? You want me to do this yeah. round? No, I got it. I got it. Um, Ready? We're in we're in the semis now, so yep. we should we we blitz to the, through the quarters, which is good. Let me see. 
so here's so, so here's what we're gonna do now because we kind of went kind of blitzed through the through the quarterfinals. Are we gonna have a twist? No, no, no. I want everybody to have a chance. Okay. Not, and and if you've already said what you said, you can go ahead and say I'll pass. But those that haven't, I want you to um for this next round, I want everybody to kind of define what they think elevated horror is, you know, just oh, so we get a little more meat okay. in this round. Okay. So we're going to start with uh, Psycho versus Get Out, and we'll start with Don. So, Don, before you tell us your, your, your pick, define for us what you think elevated horror is. Okay. Um, I'm going to say drama-heavy horror with underlying subtext beneath it's not just surface level gloss there's hidden subtext beneath that isn't necessarily overtly obvious the first go around so uh what were the two films again uh psycho and get out get out all right one for get out all right bead same question for you and give us your pick yeah, I think, uh, well, for me, like it's already, I've already been said, elevated horror is when, you know, horror has a lot more to it, whether it is more dramatic elements, more thematic themes, or it deals with subject matter that a lot of people can relate to. Where, like, if you took the horror element out, it would still work as a film on its own, uh, as a drama. So between Psycho and Get Out, I mean... Psycho is a masterpiece. It changed the one of the films that changed the entire landscape of horror. But compared to Get Out, I don't think it is elevated horror. So I'm put, giving the edge to Get Out. All right. Two for Get Out. Gabe, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so I, I think if we can pin it down, um, elevated horror is a horror film that is uh, tour-driven, with cerebral messaging about subtextual themes. Uh, the threat is a metaphor for either personal or societal ill, and it is approached with a singular, very artistic vision. And after explaining that, I would say that Get Out adheres to that much more strongly than than the original Psycho does, as well made as that movie was. So I have to go with Get Out. Wonderful. Our Thank choice. you. That's a very textbookish uh, explanation, which I appreciate. Thank you. <laughs> I even um, wrote down notes. <laughs> uh, Jack? Um, I actually like all the answers that I've heard so far. If I were to add anything, I think that elevated horror is a way for studios to sell horror movies to people who normally would not see horror movies. Um, I think it's an attempt uh, on their part to somewhat gloss over the fact that you're going to see a slasher movie or a haunted house movie or a demonic possession movie um, by adding an element that, you know, deals with those societal problems or breaks down into, say, like a family drama first and a possession movie second. Um, so I think by all of, well, according to all the conversation we've had tonight and kind of the realization I'm coming to is that elevated horror is obnoxiously pretentious and it kind of <laughs> likes it that way. <laughs> and with that being said, uh, it, it Get Out is elevated horror. I, I still maintain Psycho is just not. Psycho's a, a Psycho's classic. It's not elevated horror. Get Out is elevated horror. All right, uh, Marcus. Um, 
I suppose when it comes to horror as a genre, it um, it's always been about kind of capturing a certain aspect of fear and terror and you know uncomfortability and shock and awe and it's you know meant to really rattle your senses by any means necessary and a lot of films do that a lot of films do that spades a lot of films do that and have much you know deeper themes to it when it comes to elevated horror i feel like it's it's a way to connect horror to us as human beings uh, kind of like analyzing all different aspects of you know the the hearts and minds and bodies and souls of of people and it's presented in a way that's equally as scary as it is thought-provoking and as shocking as it is you know meditative so uh for me i kind of feel like that's in essence what uh elevated horror is it's it's horror that speaks to people a bit more with its horror. You know, I mean, and uh, on that, I'll, I'll say uh, Get Out still holds that as great as uh, Psycho is. All right. Get Out. Sweeping it up here. Uh, Garrett? I said my piece on Elevated Horror at the beginning of this podcast, and I will go with Psycho. All right. One for Psycho. Matt? So I'll answer elevated horror from the perspective of what I think a filmmaker would describe it as. And that is trying to create horror that digs deeper into your senses beyond just the things that are negative connotations that a lot of people look down as with horror, like thin characters, predictable story beats, typical tropes. But I think that's kind of bullshit because that just means you tried to make a good movie, not something yeah. that should be an <laughs> yeah, entirely... Exactly. Not, should not be an entirely separate section of the genre. It's sort of like people trying to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but pass it off as the same craft that it takes to make beef Wellington. Um, <laughs> having said all that, I am much like Garrett, not a fan of the term, but I will go with Psycho. Um, I, I just, I have to. I think we we owe too much to it. Okay, and Brian. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I guess to me, what I what I would like it to be is to take an idea or a situation or a concept that wouldn't normally fit in your everyday average horror movie and just kind of elevate it to to make it fit in there. I mean, that's what I I don't know. It's, it's all pretentious. So yeah. All right. So uh, what do you got? Yeah. Get out. Okay, get out. Get out takes it. Get out. All right. Yep. All right, so our next... Uh, I guess this is the quarterfinals here. All right. Uh, is uh, Hereditary or Under the Skin? So we'll start with you, Brian. I mean, there's no discussion. I mean, it's Hereditary. <laughs> All right. Matt? Ah, you're muted. There you go. I'm. I think there will be discussion. I'll say under the skin, even though oh, I didn't. Nice. Even though oh, I nice. for either of these movies in the previous rounds. All right. So under the skin. Okay. Do, do you have a justification for that? I mean, that's a pretty bold statement right there. Well, 
Hereditary is the darling no, of this tournament. I don't. I'm a few drinks in. My logic, <laughs> logic's going out the window at this point. All right. I'll say this about Hereditary. I think this is my one thing why I don't say I'm enamored with that 100% is I think okay. it overplays its hand in the last 15 minutes. That's my only criticism of that movie. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> overplays its hand? That's a new one. <laughs> Garrett? I'll go under the skin as well. Oh. Uh-oh. I was not expecting that. All right, Marcus? Uh, Yeah, uh, hereditary. High hands down. All right, we got us a fight here. All right. Jack? Uh, hereditary hands up. So. <laughs> all right. Love it when the alcohol's kicking in. All right, Gabe, what do you say? Hands up, hands down, hands straight forward. What do you think? Looks like I'm throwing hands. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think I've made my feelings clear. Um, I, I agree that it overplayed its hand. Uh, I thought the entire movie was overwrought, and it takes itself quite seriously. And I was much more enamored with the visuals and with the style and the performances of Under the Skin, which... Um, I'll just say a hereditary, hereditary feels like the Oscar bait of horror cinema to me. Oh, um, I think Tony Klett has delivered much more layered performances in movies like The Sixth Sense. Honestly, whenever I hear people talk about Hereditary, I feel like they're talking about The Sixth Sense, but it's been a while since that movie came out. So, no, yeah, under the skin. All right, that was a tight ball game here. Uh, Bede, what do you think? I mean, I love both movies, but only one of these two movies actually made my top ten films of the decade list, and that's Hereditary. Ah. All right. We're still in the ballgame here, though. Don? Let's go for the knockout, Hereditary. All right. There it is. So Hereditary moves on. We gave it a good fight under the skin, people. Yeah, it was a (laughs) very good fight. More than I thought it would be. Nailbiter. Okay. So then we have uh, The Witch versus the lighthouse when mandy got knocked out (laughs) i'm sorry so so the witch versus the lighthouse don you go first lighthouse is still not a horror movie to me witch all right all right bead this is hard they're both great movies uh i love them both i'm gonna go with the lighthouse just a smidge all right gabe yeah, I really feel like uh, Robert Eggers. Uh, I want to say Proved Lock is which is a very well made movie, but I, I I really love the evolution he took in the Lighthouse, and I think he 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 really harnessed everything that worked about the witch, and I think he uh, was even better with with pacing, with character and themes, and I, I definitely found the Lighthouse to be um, a really captivating experience in the theater. So I'm I'm gonna go with that. Okay. Wow. We may have to pull Black Phillip in to be the tiebreaker on this one. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Jack, uh, the Panson uh, was Batman, uh, and he was not in The Witch. Is that, does that give us your answer? Uh, I'm a <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Uh, no, I, I think it's, I think it's The Witch here. I, I, I really like The Lighthouse, but The, yeah. the Witch is, is, it's just more of a horror movie than The Lighthouse is. All right. All right. We got a tie ball game again. Uh, Marcus? 
Uh, yeah, I, uh, again, I liked uh, The Witch. I absolutely love uh, The Lighthouse. Uh, it's, uh, it's fantastic. This it's, 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 I, I can talk about it. All, I can talk about it all day, but I know we're on a tight schedule, but I love that movie so much. Every part of it. So yeah, I'm still sticking. Yeah, with I know you could write about it all day too, which, you know, I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, another yeah, one for the yeah. lighthouse. Here this is a tough one. <laughs> yes. Uh, Garrett. Black Phillip blacks out the black and white movie, the witch. <laughs> <laughs> right. Man, I'm laughing so hard, I can't even write here. All right, which and yeah, the witch. Trouble, I haven't said anything. Right. <laughs> Your thoughts? So, mm-hmm. I, I love both these movies equally. So my tiebreaker is going to be as petty as possible. Which iconic thing do I reference more in my daily life? Black Phillip or why'd you spill your beans? I'm going with the latter, <laughs> and I'm going to go with the lighthouse. All right. And Brian, uh, the lighthouse is not not even Robert Eggers' second best film, so I'm gonna go with the witch. <laughs> All right, and uh, Lance, you're gonna be the tiebreaker right here. Oh, I can't tiebreak <laughs> you, this. You've been laughing all fucking night, so now's your time to step up and put your big boy pants on and give us uh, give us the tiebreaker: the witch oh, man, or do the lighthouse. Do this. Yes. Oh shit. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Don't fuck it up. I'm gonna say I'm I, I'm gonna say that the 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 bitch is kind of <laughs> what got me into my current kick of enjoying these elevated horror movies. So I gotta go with the Vavitch. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> yeah, the witch moves on. All right. Lighthouse was cool, but that mermaid scene kind of took me out of it. It's a little little gross. <laughs> so now we have uh, the Nightingale versus the Exorcist. So um, we'll start with Jack. Yeah, Exorcist. I, I, I don't even have to think about it. Exorcist. <laughs> yeah, I think, that, I think that's going to be the consensus here, but we'll see. You never know. Um, Gabe? Yeah, again, I feel bad. Um, you know, uh, The Nightingale is an, it's an excellent movie, but it's going up against uh, a classic, a time-tested classic. Um if William Friedkin got a penny for every film that that movie inspired, uh, he would be the richest man alive. And that's for a damn good reason, because The Exorcist is lightning in the volume. So, The Exorcist. You're probably pissing all the way, too, if you've heard stories of that guy. But anyway. Oh, okay. I he's a character. He's a character. <laughs> I hear he's a my favorite. All-time yeah. favorite. Just, just, don't, just don't watch The Devil and Father Amor. <laughs> or, the, <laughs> or the upcoming Pope's Exorcist. That's got to be horrible. Oh, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. You're looking forward to yeah, it? Okay. So. It's probably going to suck. I love <laughs> shitty exorcist. I love shitty exorcist repose, so I'll give it a watch. <laughs> Don, uh, what, what are your thoughts on this matchup? Uh, uh, to me, Nightingale is probably a better representation of it for like a modern sensibility, but it's the exorcist. I mean... <laughs> All right. Yeah, what, what, what else needs to be said? Okay. Uh, Garrett? Yeah, the head turns into the next round. It is The Exorcist. (laughs) Matt? I think the Nightingale's flying south for the winner. I'm going with The Exorcist. (laughs) (laughs) Percolated media with the puns all of a sudden. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Punnelated media at this point. (laughs) A bead? 
I'm going to live up to my nickname of being the terrible Aussie. I'm not picking the Aussie pick. I'm going with the Exorcist. There you go. (laughs) Marcus? Yeah. uh, In a a certain sense, the Nightingale probably would have never been made if it weren't for all the barriers that the Exorcist broke when it was made and when it did come out. So, yeah, I'm going with the classic. Okay. And Brian? Uh, the Exorcist. Oh, look at that clean sweep this late in the game. Wow. All right. All right. So now we got the semis. And, uh, Philip, you do that one because I want to, I just want to enjoy this and just continue drinking here. <laughs> All right. Uh, this one ought to be interesting. Get Out versus Hereditary. Which one is the best elevated horror? Definitely two oh. darlings for sure, right? <laughs> <laughs> Um, this is going to be tough. Let's go with uh, Bead. This is a tough one. Um, don't, don't make me vote. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it. Uh, and, and, if I, and which one is the better movie? Is that the same question at this point? I don't it's, think so. It's, they're both uh, right in that elevated horror right. vein. You know? yeah, it's tough. I, I, I guess because they're both elevated horror films, but this is hard. Um. You know what? I, I'm going to go with the movie that did coin the term elevated horror, uh, Hereditary. Hereditary. Uh, Gabe. And what are the two films, Hereditary and? Get Out. Get Out. Oh, yeah, Get Out. Okay, Get Out. Uh, Jack. <sighs> uh, hereditary. And it's, it's just because I like it a little more. Yeah, this was tough. Uh, Marcus. Oh, no, I don't know which one. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Oh, God. Uh, can't pass? Well, yeah, uh, no, I, I don't want to pass. Oh, I, come I, on, I man. Wanna, that. I, I want to keep it going. I, I just, oh, this is tough for me. Because both of these films, I, I, you know, again, love talking about them, love writing about them, you know, can't stop, you know, giving them all their praise i just uh i guess i would have to go with the uh, god what ah uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh okay um i will go with hereditary because i have seen that one more than get out and it's um it's still the one that I, I recommend. I recommend Get Out too, but I recommend Hereditary to every single person that I know when it comes to, you know, getting into horror movies in in a deeper sense, you know, than the schlock and the twists and the, you know. So, yeah, I, I'll go with Hereditary. Okay. Uh, Garrett. I don't think there's been a subgenre that's had more quote unquote representations and and heads of Mount Rushmore than the, than the elevated horror <laughs> genre. Uh, and these are definitely two of the biggest. Uh, that being said, I like Hereditary a hell of a lot more than Get Out, so I'll go with Hereditary. I think next year we should do the films of Udo Kier. What do you think? <laughs> Flash for Frankenstein. Put it on right now. All right. The head on Mount Rushmore is that poor little girl's. Oh, <laughs> Matt, what do you think? <laughs> With all the ants, all the ants on climbing up Mount Rushmore. <laughs> so, I, I think my ancestry.com 
bloodline is coming up small because I'm going to lean towards get out largely because one thing that I think I have in its corner is just how much of a cultural staple that movie was. Uh, Hereditary, I still feel like is a little bit too niched, whereas get out really opened the door for people to see that movie that normally would not go to see a horror movie whatsoever. Definitely a broader audience. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Don. Yeah, I look at Hereditary as being the better movie, but I think this is the stage in the game where we have to look at what defines elevated horror. And I think Get Out was probably the the poster child for what it is. It came first. It was the one that really kind of drew more eyes to the genre. And... I, I, I don't know who just said that, but I, I think bringing more people to the theaters to see it, I, I think it did a better job at that than Hereditary. I, I, it kills me because I utterly fucking love Hereditary. But I think at this stage in the game, we got to start looking at which one do we think represents the topic better versus which film we like more. And I, I think in that case, I, I think i got to shift my vote to Get Out. Ooh. All right, Brian. Bring yeah. us home. I agree with Don, uh, and plus, Get Out had the the best friend ever you can ever had in it with Rod. So TSA for the win. <laughs> TSA, motherfucker. That's true. He's pretty awesome. In that movie. Rod is truth. <laughs> oh man, this is a tough one. It's tied up. Pedro. Oh fuck, man! Come on, <laughs> dude. That's a tough vote. I don't. God know. damn it! Fuck. I've had a pretty clear vision the whole way. <laughs> And this one screws it up. Yeah, I can't even begin. <laughs> Brian, you fucked this shit up. No, it wasn't Lance. Brian's fault. No. Um, well, what? if you if you didn't make Lance pick the the last tiebreaker, you could have you could have had him do it. I know I could have. God oh, damn it. Shit. No, no, I got this. I got this. I'm gonna go with Get Out for all the reasons that were stated, and that's just Ooh. my gut feeling right now. Um, it just it, it I remember it better. It's got more impact. So I'm going with Get Out. Get out, knock to Man, Let's be honest. This should and be let's be honest. This should probably actually be the finals, not the quarters. Probably. Well, I don't know. We, uh, well, because well, on the other side we have the witch and the exorcist. So that's mm-hmm. true. Yeah. I don't know who you vote for there, It'd be but pretty let's, similar. Let's figure actually. it out. Okay. Uh, we'll go same order. B, yeah. what do you think? Love both movies, but it's exorcist all the way. Okay. Uh, Gabe. The Exorcist, and that's nothing personal against The Witch. Uh, it could be one of the best movies of the decade and still probably not uh, be The Exorcist. Okay. Uh, Jack? Exorcist with a bullet. <laughs> <laughs> that was quick. Now the next one's going to be fun. Uh, Marcus? Well, an excellent day to vote for The Exorcist in the next round. Uh oh. <laughs> uh, Garrett. God, this is fucking tough. Um, <laughs> oh, God. I will go with the witch. There you go. All right. Exorcist. Okay. Nothing against the exorcist. I've said my piece on it. And like I said, we will we are covering that later this year. But the recent impact the witch has had on me is pretty, pretty big. So I'll go with the witch. Now, is The Witch the better movie or just the better elevated horror at this point? I think it's a better representation. Okay. Yep. I would agree. Uh, Matt. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Exorcist. Okay. Uh, Don. Mm. I think I gotta go follow up on what I just said and better representation. I gotta think the witch. Yeah. Okay. And Brian. I have to go with the movie that came out during the elevated horror era, and that's The Witch. All right. Hang on. We would have got One, two, three. No, come on. No, No, not again. Exorcist 1. Exorcist 1. Okay. All right. Only by one, though. I figured it would sweep. By a hair, huh? Yeah. (laughs) By a sea hair. Um, Philip, (laughs) you do the finals? (laughs) Yeah. All right. Thank you. Okay. Final movies here. We've got The Exorcist versus Get Out. Holy shit. <laughs> now here's where you really have to decide. Is it the better movie, the better elevated horror? You know, my I favorite. Which way the, you it's go my there? favorite horror movie of all time versus my favorite elevated horror movie of all time. I know. <laughs> so that's tough. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Bede. Ah. Okay. All right. Do I want to go with the film that pretty much was the earliest don't fuck it up I mean, he's the... <laughs> all right all right i had to think about this so one is the one of the best current elevated horror films ever made but one pretty much was the precursor of elevated horror film like if sure if sure if if this one came out today it would definitely be classified under the elevated horror banner because it has the blueprint of this subgenre this is a tough one, but I'm going with The Exorcist on this one. All right. All right. Gabe. Yeah, there's no wrong answer. I'm pretty happy with this final matchup. Um, and I was thinking about it. And The Exorcist, uh, you know, I've said my piece on it. It really is one of my favorites. And I think that goes for a lot of us here. But um, horror as a genre has never mattered more in my lifetime than when Get Out came out in theaters it was just the shockwave that was so in the zeitgeist had so many important things to say and you know brought this new level i I don't think you need uh, a new film to bring prestige to the horror genre like it's like it's inferior at the same time the shift in the way that people thought about it and what they realized that horror movies were capable of um i have to give credit get out so much credit so i'm actually going to go with that as the definitive um elevated horror film man that that's that scene where she was stirring the teacup and he was he was disappearing down into the the chair yeah that that was literally one of the scariest scenes in in a movie i've seen like in the last 20 years like i had goosebumps all over me watching that but the exorcist is a scary movie scariest movie i've ever seen period it's scary (laughs) it's scary af (laughs) it's a it's a tough one uh jack uh yeah so i voted for the exorcist a lot in this tournament um but uh, i don't think it's elevated horror i think it's a precursor to it but it's i just don't think i i I don't think that there's pretension with the exorcist and i guess that's the thing i'm leaning on the most here it's like is the movie pretentious get out is kind of pretentious and it's good that's fine it works for it i'm not i'm not saying that's always bad but it kind of like it kind of enjoys the smell of its own farts a little bit like a little bit you know what i mean with some good laughs yeah like i don't i don't get that with with get with with uh 
with The Exorcist. So I think I'm voting for Get Out. Yeah. Okay. That was the strangest explanation I've ever heard. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> if, if the lighthouse was in this conversation, that would have made more sense. But we'll take it with Get Out as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that describes a lot of the movies that you guys were praising, like Hereditary, and I mean, that yeah. was a pretentious movie to me. So it's kind of surprising. Uh, Marcus. Oh man. Um. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's um. Uh, I mean, you could argue if we're, like, still, you know, stuck on elevated horror as a term. You know, uh, The Exorcist would probably be classic elevated horror and and oh, Get Out shit. would be modern elevated horror. <laughs> but it's, uh, I don't know. It, it It's, you can't argue with everything that um, The Exorcist has done as a legitimate horror movie that, you know, pretty much gripped an entire world. Um, but Get Out just had this <clears throat> this way about it as a film and as something that spoke to our times in a way that really just, it, it, it brought so many things up to the forefront of our society and made it in a way that is downright terrifying, even more so than it already was. Like, and you're right, you know, Lance, when I, when I first saw that movie, I avoided anybody who was sipping tea. Like, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. If you, had, if you had tea in your hand, I was running away from you. And and and, and, and it was very, like, I, I wasn't even thinking that. You know, I wasn't even, like, thinking that when I would speak. You know, I, I, uh, I wasn't even thinking it when I was seeing it, but it just, it, it struck something else in me, you know, that I thought I didn't feel. And it, it's, uh, I think that's a, that's a mark of a great horror film, you know, something that strikes you in a way that you were not expecting, even though you were expecting to be scared. So, yeah, I, I got to go get out on this one. Okay. Uh, Garrett. So you know everything I said in that previous round? Throw it out the fucking window, The Exorcist. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We got two for The Exorcist, three for Get Out. Uh, Matt, what do you think? So my argument comes down to looking at both of these movies. With Get Out, I think it does something that I think horror has always done since its inception that a lot of people tend to dismiss. It has a statement. And that goes all the way back to stuff like Todd Browning's Freaks back in the 30s. Um, that is a, that is a crucial part of horror. And ironically, Get Out is what the priests were yelling at Pazuzu in that bedroom. So I think it's very ironic that these two movies are together in the what? finale. But because of that, and like I said, you know, while The Exorcist certainly got people in the theater that we're not horror enthusiasts get out. I think did that to a more substantial magnitude. So while I think the exorcist is a better movie and a better horror movie, I think get out. And part of this is just me being, you know, none of us were really around when the exorcist was out and seeing that in the theater. So that plays a factor for me, but get out is still, 
when I think of elevated horror, that's kind of, if I had to solidify it, that's kind of what I'd go to. Okay, so get out. Uh, we're coming close. Don, what do you think? What he just said, uh, Exorcist may be the better movie, but I, I think this is the point where we have to start looking at which one does the genre better, and I think that's Get Out. What? Get Out is our winner. So, Brian, your vote doesn't count, but what's your vote anyway? <laughs> I have to agree, Get Out. I mean, you can yeah, argue right. The Exorcist is one of the best horror films. It, depending on your taste in horror films, it could be the best, but yeah. for what we're talking about, it has to be Get Out. All right, we have a winner. Right. So Get Out is you do the outro, sure. The best um, elevated horror movie ever, according to the Horror Returns podcast. So that's good. Uh, best elevated horror movie ever. Yeah, Get yep. Out. It is. <laughs> and Jordan, Jordan Peele, man. Who and of thought? course we're all wrong, but you know <laughs> we'll do it again next year. So <laughs> definitely appreciate you guys showing up. I, I, I knew this one would be, would be a bit of a marathon, so thanks for hanging in, everybody. All right. Anybody want to pimp your shit before we leave? Gabe? Yeah, I'm over at um, Not That Bad A Movie Podcast on YouTube and all podcast platforms. Every other Thursday, we release a new episode where we talk about a film that is supposedly bad, and we tell you why it's not that bad. Um we just recorded an episode about um, Hollow Man starring Kevin Bacon. Oh, and, gosh. <laughs> yeah. have, have you done Lep in the Hood? Well, that's the thing. We're about to talk about the entire uh, Leprechaun franchise. We're there doing that go. as a big Patreon special. So if you guys want to hear that, just hop on over to that Patreon and sign up at any tier. And then you can hear us um, talk about why uh, Leprechaun Back to the Hood is an undiscovered or unrecognized masterpiece. So if you want to do that. <laughs> With a piccolo. <laughs> He's up to no good. Uh, Matt? Uh, you guys can find Garrett and I over at uh, percolatemedia.net. We're celebrating our one-year anniversary in the new platform very soon. As we mentioned at the start of the show, we're concluding Pirates of the Caribbean this Friday, and then we're directly going into Superman which we are breaking up into two components. We're doing Superman 1 through 4, and then we're taking a break to revisit Superman in the fall. And as far as some horror stuff coming, we mentioned The Exorcist. That's coming this fall. We're really excited to do that. We're also going to be starting a Patreon, but if you want to check us out, percolatedmedia.net, myself, Garrett, and Adam, Bunch, our third compatriot. We post a new show every Friday on our main feed. And once the Patreon gets up and going, we hope to have some more content for everybody. All right. And for those who love, and for those who love the horror too, like we also we're doing an ongoing Stephen King retrospective where we're reviewing all his films in publication oh, order, Jesus. not necessarily releasing release film order. Right. And that is a hundred plus film uh, <laughs> undertaking that we are doing. And I'm also reading the books and um, wow. And, commenting on the books and the movies as we go and uh that's been really really fun to do and it's been fun torturing these two by doing that yeah because you know garrett is notorious for being a completionist and we have done everything up to this juncture from trucks in addition to maximum overdrive (laughs) we did a return to salem's lot in addition to both three-hour miniseries of salem's lot 
uh, so when we say we are doing everything, we are doing everything under the sun until we all either perish or Adam <laughs> hits a point where he says, I cannot do this anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, that's ongoing. That's ongoing. And that and it's, it's been really fun. Again, we're celebrating one year. And uh, Jack's going to be joining us in the summer for something that we started over at Binge and are continuing. And for those who have followed us all that time, you know exactly what we're talking about. So, All right. Jack, what about you? That's news to me right now, but I think I know what you're talking about. So, <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so Binge Media, I uh, got a few irons in the fire. Uh, you know, Movie Homework's back. We're releasing that every other Friday. Uh, topics are all over the map, but uh, we've got a we've got an email now. Binge movie homework at Gmail. You can send us suggestions, and uh, you know, Step Chad and I will take a look at it. Other thing I want to mention is uh, the return of Lollapalooza this summer. It's going to be August fourth, fifth, and sixth in uh, New Jersey. Specific uh, times and locations should be coming out relatively soon. But uh, yeah, at least block that off on your calendars and uh, you know, get your ass to Jersey. Um, otherwise, Patreon gets you the full binge, all the bonus episodes, and all that uh, all that nonsense, and uh, commentaries, and anything else we feel like talking about, we'll uh, we'll put it up over there. So come on, come right. on over and join us if you feel like it. All right, Pete. Well, if people want to follow me, they can follow me on my Twitter at twitter.com slash bjamine. And, of course, you can find all the podcasts that I do with Super Marcy over at the Super Network on all podcast streaming services everywhere. we got five shows, so they're all easy to find and give a listen to. And also you can listen to my solo show, uh, Beat vs. the Living Dead, on all podcast streaming services everywhere as well. And you can follow the official Twitter account for that at twitter.com slash Sorry. <laughs> Bead VSTLD. Nice. I'm sorry I didn't make it to the last one. Marcus, you got I anything did. to add to it? <laughs> uh, no, not really. You can pretty much catch me on, uh, you know, the Super Network uh, on the website with Bead. Uh, we actually just uh, got done doing an episode of Bead vs. Living Dead a couple days Indeed. ago. So, you know, keep your eye out for that. Huh. And uh, you can... Find me on you know Twitter or Instagram at Ego uh, Critic Demise and uh, yeah or or you can also catch some of my reviews right here on the Horror Returns. So you know, thank you guys so much for reading my stuff and you know taking the time. I really, really appreciate. Oh, dude, that. you give us a whole extra segment to the show. You're, yeah, thank you. you got some of the best movie reviews, <laughs> especially around played. Halloween, man. Yeah. We we love you around Halloween. The thirty one days. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Don, what are you up to? <laughs> sorry, wasn't expecting me to. Oh, sorry. <laughs> somebody's, to- somebody's token. <laughs> I wasn't expecting you to call me that quickly. Uh, I was drinking some water and I went down on a pipe. Sure, oh. sure it did. <laughs> oh. All right. Ugh, sorry about that. Um, I, I wasn't expecting you to call on me, and I was just drinking and went down the wrong pipe. No worries. Yeah. Um, the movies the other day, I was like, "Fuck, everybody's gonna think I have COVID." <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Don, don't don't feel too bad. The last time that happened on air, we got this. <laughs> so, <you> know. <laughs> uh, all right. So, um, 
All right, yeah. Uh, so you can find me on uh, my my main show, uh, the Horror Countdown Podcast. Uh, me and a guest, we pick a topic and we do top tens on anything from genres to scenes to directors to decades. Uh, you you name it. Uh, you can find that everywhere on podcast catchers. Uh, you can find it on Horror Countdown Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, it should be pretty easy. Uh, my secondary show, uh, No More Room in Hell, presents Fresh Cuts, which is a weekly look at the latest genre release, streaming, VOD, theatrical, uh, physical media. Uh, we It's usually current, so it's uh, the latest thing. And uh, the other show, uh, No More Room in Hell, presents Creature Comforts, which is uh, monster movies, giant creatures, kaiju, stuff like that. Both of those are found on uh, Dark Discussions. Uh, you can find them on uh, the Dark Discussions website or through the No More Room in Hell uh, podcast feed. Uh, both of those are considered side shows um, to the main No More Room in Hell show. And uh, yeah, you, that's pretty much it for me. All right. Pedro, where can we find you, man? Uh, I got nothing, man. I'm taking a break from this internet <laughs> shit. But it's, it's... <laughs> It's it's always a pleasure to uh, be on here with you guys. It was cool to uh, MC yeah, this. Huh? <laughs> All right. Well, he'll be around, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. But you can expect us, The Horror Returns, uh, back next week. We're going to do uh, Scream 6 and Cherry Falls, joined by the one and only Steve Carlton from The Geeks. Uh, check us out at thehorrorreturns.com and email us at thehorrorreturns at gmail.com. And uh, share some feedback and ideas. We'll talk about it on the show. Uh, but until the horror returns again, Lance. Good.